With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, the recipe. The recipe is friction. Yes, sir. Yeah, you in it. You in it. <laughs> yeah. It's only right. <laughs> Yeah, it's too late now. Yeah, uh, too late. <laughs> Come with me. Uh, yeah. Uh, rub is in friction. It's an addiction. Love is a fiction. Has no condition. Use is suspicious. Scorpio lasers. Waters and earth signs. Love the behavior. Curses and purses. Curses and verses. Sucking and fucking without no purpose. Dick is the ritual, pussy is my destiny, world got the best in me. Wild boy, the baby mama recipe. I can't front, man, the girl got the best in me. Ha. But you can keep gossiping, I'ma keep teaching, sure to keep blessing me. Without no reaching, without no preaching, without no hate, man. Loading up this eight and another eight. Sixteen bars shooting at your waist. Islamic name, Christian, my brain, Judaic brain, yeah. Love is in friction, it's an addiction. Love is a fiction without no conditions. Abuse is suspicious. Scorpio lasers, waters and earth signs. Love the behavior. Curses and curses, curses and verses. Sucking and fucking without no purpose. Damn, without no purpose. Damn, without no purpose. The recipe, the recipe is friction. Yes, sir. Yeah, you in it, you in it. <laughs> yeah, it's only right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's too late now. Yeah, uh, too late. <laughs> Come with me. Uh, yeah. Rub is in friction, it's an addiction. Love is a fiction, has no condition. Use is suspicious, Scorpio lasers. Waters and earth signs, love the behavior. Curses and purses, curses and verses. Sucking and fucking without no purpose. Dick is the ritual, pussy is my destiny. World got the best in me. Wild boy, the baby mama recipe. I can't front, man, the girl got the best in me. Ha! But you can keep gossiping, I'ma keep teaching, sure to keep blessing me. Without no reaching, without no preaching, without no hate, man. Loading up this eight and another eight. Sixteen bars shooting at your waist. Islamic name, Christian, my brain. Judaic brain, yeah. Love is in friction, it's an addiction. Love is a fiction without no conditions. Abuse is suspicious. Scorpio lasers, waters and earth signs. Love the behavior. Curses and curses, curses and verses. Sucking and fucking without no purpose. Damn, without no purpose. Damn, without no purpose. Never would debate you, all y'all pussy, fuck you and date you. I am a master, taught by a master. I can do anything, thoughts on a faster. Huh? 
metaphysic mace. If I was a pastor, tantra fat boy, new nijama. Close still on, I can smell your vagina. Close still on, I can move your vagina. What's in the air? Call it suspicious. California boxes, they taste delicious. Huh? Rub is in friction, it's an addiction. Love is a fiction without no conditions. Amuse is suspicious. Scorpio lasers, waters and earth signs, love the behavior. Curses and purses, curses and verses. Sucking and fucking without no purpose. Damn, without no purpose. Damn, without no purpose. Get off of Facebook, write you some books, stack you some faces. Fill up the stadium, invite the Indians, gas up the pilgrims, scout you a ticket. Stay away from bitches that don't wash dishes. They be the ones blaming good niggas for their condition. Huh, fucking them bums all through the summer, no air condition. Huh, my life is my dick, my life is my message, it's on a mission. Yeah. Rubbers and friction, it's an addiction. Love is a fiction without no conditions. I'm a music suspicion. Scorpio ladies, more than her time. Love the behavior. Curses and curses. Curses and curses. Something is fucking without no curses. Yo. Lighthouse. Crime. Listen. How shorty said, listen. I wasn't giving you no pussy because this nigga started gossiping about you. This nigga was talking so much shit about you, she was like, yo, I had to give you the pussy. Like, this nigga made you more important than a motherfucker I thought you was. Word up, keep gossiping, nigga. Yeah? Keep gossiping, weird motherfucker. Soft nigga. Every time I turn around, nigga, gossip. Keep gossiping, nigga. You gonna make them motherfuckers come right to me. Get that fat Buddha. The Buddha pump. You heard? That tantra, nigga. That tantra. That You feel me? You feel me? Yeah. Peace to you and yours. Peace to you and yours. This is No Dull Edge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed. This is your host, the Brother Blue Pill. All right. Very soon to be joined by my co-hosts. Welcome back to another episode of No Dull Edge Radio. All right. Peace, family. Peace, family. We had to open up with that fat tantrum. All right. So you already know what the rhythm is. You know what I'm saying? And with the pace of tonight's show is, you know exactly what this is. Say. Friday the 13th, I'm going to play Jason. Say. Hello? What's good? Legend. Listen. Yo, how? I was just talking, man, eloquent, and I had the mic off. You heard? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it on mute. Okay. 
Yeah, you a legend. I was fucking, boy, I was shouting, boy, I'm telling you. Yo, peace to the God, man. Listen, man, this is a beautiful thing you gave to the world. Yeah. Paul, you are an apostle. Yeah. You are an apostle. Indeed, Lord. Yo, I, I, um, a lot of people don't know that a lot of our dialogues come as a result of our intercourses, you know, here on the radio. It's really a reflection of what we talk about. So I'm really excited about your segment, and I know we have the legendary uh, elder, our brother, uh, Devil Blair, is coming on, but I want you to set the stage while I'm here with you holding it down for what you're going to speak about, because I know what you talk about is uh, is highly, highly advanced. So we always got to set the stage, or set the table, rather, before we sit down and eat, you know? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You know what I'm saying? Uh, first and foremost, you know, we just want to definitely acknowledge that even today, you know what I'm saying, on the mantle in which we uh, stand, it's a 44, so happy 44th day, you know what I'm saying? I'm out here still. I'm in Oakland. Shout out to the family that's out here in the Bay. All right. The Red Pill going to be joining us? Yeah, the God, the God is supposed to call it. He told me. Okay. All right, yeah. So, you know, as 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 we gather here on this particular day, this Friday the 13th, it ends up to be landing in September. You know what I'm saying? And we know that uh, we know the Jason months are July, August, September, October, November. So right in the center, right on that S, you know, we 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 come full circle to the 13th, you know, and this also happens to be the anniversary, the death anniversary of one Tupac Amaru Shakur, this being his 17th anniversary. We're going to talk a lot about the numbers 2, 4, and 8, you know, and their relationship to this pixelated reality that you all congruently, you know, agree and know is the matrix. Okay, so a box reality, you know what I'm saying? Four-dimensional box reality. So we also want to take note, not too much conversation has been given, and I hope that you can lend some support with your genius to this level of conversation when we talk about the fact that we just celebrated the 12th anniversary of you know, the tragedy that took place on 9-11 with the Twin Towers, you know, that recurring shock and awe, you know, that image that continuously replays in the minds of... Well, you know, it's, it's, um, it's of course, a tragedy when people, um, when people die without knowing why they died. You know, that's a very, that's a very powerful uh, experience. Or the human, you know, the human experience to die and not knowing why you're dying because I, I told folks quite some time ago in my literature 
I expressed to them emphatically that I said, you know what, um, the event that happened was an event that wasn't even really created by human hands. Right. And, you know, the theme of what we speak about tonight, uh, we speak about the the uh, the dead. When you speak about the dead and you understand what death entails, you begin to um, readjust your language. You know, and uh, language is primarily, you know, uh, and will always be just a place marker. And uh, it, it it plays a role in mental imaging, but the, the phenomena is never words. The ph- phenomena is the picture. And words, people who employ words or depend on words are of the weakest in many respects because words, based off of your language, only point to truths that cannot yet be fully achieved or experienced unless there's an integrative, psychological, and intentional play between words and images or symbols. So we are plagued with a language that no one ever gave us the uh, power of symbols. We replace sounds with animals and apples and, and carrots and things of the sort, cats, dogs, ostriches, and things of the sort to express what we mean and then wonder why the magic takes longer. So when you speak about uh, symbols, numbers act as symbols. Numbers act as the the symbol for the uh, the universal consciousness, the consciousness of of the the fullness that we call reality. It re, it, it it requires symbols to express itself, and it does so eloquently. But it never deviates from the symbols that were established by the ancestry. And the ancestry have given us clear, distinct symbols to utilize to advance our agenda here on this planet. Now, because of a very recent event, through several upheavals and uh, social conquest and people losing wars, the people who are the darkest hue on the planet are everywhere being suppressed because of, not because of their color, but because of the imprint in which they have placed within the psychology of those who they fathered and who are presently in the proxy control. By proxy, they appear to be in control. However, the ancestors know far more than we do and may uh, adjust the attitudes and behaviors of the future from the past to enable the planet to pass through certain you know, various aspects in, in this universal passage because as a thing goes up, it comes down, and we know that sometimes we win and sometimes we lose. But the the true winner or the, the true loser is an illusion. There is no such thing once you are standing on a porch of a, of a greater idea. And the theme of the show tonight is we want to digress away from the common thought patterns, the common, uh, you know, several people, they, they want me to indulge myself in the uh, participation of debating. And I I can't bring myself to it, Paulie, because I have risen so far in my experience and my information 
on a personal level that I agree with everything because I know every role that everything plays in the universe. So when I hear of tragic death, all I look to are the surrounding symbols that encapsulate it. Now, this is a very propitious and intentional uh, agenda. And many people, are, are, are we are still greatly affected by it, and in fact, it is keyed towards a 2012 agenda. In fact, the event was actually 11 years to the date of 2012, and it also was emblematic of the day in which your Kushite ancestry who gave the world religion identified as the new year. So the yes. children of the Kushite Empire, they um, they call their new year Rosh Hashanah. And when you hear the word, and, and people who are into, uh, shout out to my brother Major Ward, who is a, uh, a arduous student. Shout out to, you know, my brother, you know, who uh, my brothers who, who tap in and, and check in with your brother, you know, and who are about it, about that info, and not, you know, sweating, they betting, you know, shout out to all of them. We always discuss the symbol narrative that intertwines itself within events, and 11 years to the date, or excuse me, 11 years to the period of that tragic event, it inaugurated our uh, push through the galactic center. So that's very interesting especially in light of the fact that I, in one of my uh, treatises, has shared with people that the ritual began um, also with other synergistic events, such as the uh, space shuttle explosion. And the space shuttle yes. explosion, uh, there, was a, there was a very significant ritual where the pontiff, the head, the chief executive officer at the time, the... Uh, the uh, Yale graduate, the uh, the Bonesmen, the uh, the the Bush had made a speech which was written by a minister who was uh, who uh, who was the uh, the uh, professor at the at the ecclesiastic school which Bush attended wrote a speech and in there he included a very significant biblical verse that speaks about the hosts of heaven and how each host of heaven has a name. And when those names are called upon, it opens up a, 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 a portal of, of sorts where uh, energies, entities, experiences allowed are allowed in and out of this reality. So because words don't do this, Justice. When we look at numbers, numbers do the justice because numbers are the very, uh, the most profound input in all of religion. I could never debate anybody on a religious context because, I, as a, as a, as an initiated, initiated, self-initiated priest of reality, I'm already aware that Christianity. Judaism and Islam are the same exact thing. Islam uses this 9 11 in the form of. Islam uses this 9 11 in the form of the reoccurring um, experience of the uh, the number 19. Judaism right. 
um, shares the same experience because the very first word it inaugurates in the text is in Rashith. And the root of Rashith is is Resh. And those who are in my phonetic fingerprints of the gods information understand fully when I say Resh, we mean the first thing, the head, the first thing that, it, uh, the, the very initial thing. When you say the word Resh, you have to say Ra. So you're identifying beginnings with the ancient psychological archetype left behind within the corpus of Akashic mind or the, the Akashic meaning the primal substance, the very thing we all share, which is the deeper levels of our consciousness, where your tree is rooted in the deeper levels of your consciousness. Resh means the very first thing. So the very first thing, Resh, when you, we hear Rashit, it means Resh, and then Shit means in Old Chaldean, it means the number six. So what the the ancestry were saying to us in, in so many words, <laughs> so many numbers, is that beginnings begin in numbers. And then the first number in which a thing begins in is in the number six. But the word Be-Rashit means it equals the number 913, which is today's date. You understand? This is a very propitious, propitious, significant day because it means in beginning. It means in beginning. It means in beginning. And if you notice, a lot of us have been having an eventful day. You heard? If you notice the what you have seen today, if you are a symbol literate and you're not a uh, a a uh, a non-intentional emotional being. And when I say non-intentional, sometimes those of us who understand primacy, we live in a different house than those who don't understand primacy. In your house, your house has problems. There's uh, the heaters, the heater don't work, it leaks in the roof, and you always blame it on things outside the house. There's rodents in the house. You blame it on things outside the house. You don't blame it. You don't blame it on the infrastructure of psychology or how the house is built. But what house am I talking about? Am I talking about a real house that you live in? Because many of us live in apartments. Those of us who do live in live in houses, you might have a symbolic inference of what I'm saying that you have to maintain parts of your home. So the very first place that people come into your home is a very sacred place. However, it is the place of fiction. That is the place where people put welcome mats, but you might have ratchets and everything else inside the house. You might be only able to allow people in your house who are of a certain type of mind. But those who are not of a certain type of mind, when we adapt back to our African culture, the way to protect ourselves, we always tell people, man, take your shoes off before you come in my house because it creates humility psychologically within people's psyche. So when we speak about today, we speak about the beginnings of things, and that's what we're interested in. We're not interested in the uh, the de facto story of the afterward effects of the negative. We, we always make a, a big to-do about uh, the effects of things or the change of things as though things do not change and all things must change and they must always upgrade themselves and integrate themselves into the greater pleroma or the fullness. So that is the the uh, basic and fundamental overall agenda of blackness is to invaginate itself into every single crevice of the universe. 
and eradicate light. So you and I have been duped into um, into waging uh, moral wars. <laughs> it is it's it's, it's it's a form of moral fanaticism. You use your English language, which is coupled and peppered with Christian concepts, and you deny love. You abandon people. You show no mercy to those who feed you. You you are unable to heal yourself from old afflictions, and then all of a sudden you become what a uh, a a a uh, a passive aggressive <laughs> people who are who don't communicate effectively, and as a result walk the world as an abusive individual, abusing people, and passing on those very things which were bestowed upon them. So one of our greatest lessons is to change what has occurred to us in our experience and offer new people and new ancestors. See, when you start seeing your children as ancestors, you start having more of a respect for symbols and words because now you are investing in people's psychology. You're not investing in people with words. Words are meaningless. People always tell you they love you. They really hate you. Many of the people that tell you they love you, they really hate you. And the most beautiful thing about being on the porch in this red house, man, is that we deal with primacy. We look these people in their face and we grin and we show them 32 teeth. You understand? And we just understand. We don't. We understand that we will not waste work on them. You hear? You don't waste work on passive aggressives. You understand? You show them all 32 teeth and you rise above that which you despise most or you surely will become it. You feel me? So uh, all of this to say, today is a very significant day, and it is tied into 9-11. Here it is. I am here in New York City, and I saw them reading off the roll call, reading off the names of the dead. Now, if this is not Congo magic or African-centered psychology to speak or bring the name of those who have died on a propitious date and then emboss that, idea within the global psychology that is the greatest form of unifying global mind the new world order been began when kim created the pyramid structure and the equal distribution of the the planet's landmass that was their initial attempt to centralize consciousness and it still works because all roads lead back to that great civilization and its ability to utilize not mercy and kindness, but to show you the use and the proper application of force. So Kim wasn't about this um, this English psychology that the Negro mind thinks that Kim was, oh, peachy, creamy. Like, they wasn't selling pussy. They wasn't doing this. They were no faggots and Kim. It, it wasn't none of this negative stuff in Africa. All this stuff is new because white folks did it. That's, uh, that is the mind of the child. The real mind of the child is evil, evil. Evil, 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 evil is a perception that is bestowed upon the people who lose wars. You heard? So at the end of every dispensation, life ceases 
to want to it life ceases when those who and this is the beautiful thing about DNA. If you abuse someone, you imbue within their genetic structure a desire not to want to exist any longer. So nature has clauses within it. So now when we go back to the Bible and use Hebrew as a bridge to the psychology of our ancient ancestry, we'll understand why they had a preoccupation with having certain uh, plant life or herbs around certain life forms, how the women were able to tell if they were having a child by by urinating on uh, certain various grains and based off the color of the grain they could tell. They were their ancient stories in the Veda and in the in the Bhagavad Gita that speak about whole entire cities where the people had lost their skin tone and lost their skin color. Now, all of this comes as a result of your people have always been preoccupied with playing with magnetic fields. This is the beauty of, see, I'm a, I'm a caretaker of all systems of spirituality. And, but, 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 but look at what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave to us in the form of the lessons, which, which speaks of how Yaqub grafted the devil, but he was as a child playing with magnets. So what is this? Is this is an ancient archetype lodged within the psychology for us to utilize now at this present moment? That you know that if magnetic fields are off, based off of emotion and an inability to connect oneself to their environment, it will create cycles of death or experiences where people participate in death. They even go deeper into death to find life. So we are above pointing fingers in the post-event, we are concerned with the phenomena of why, or why do things begin. And we're speaking, this is very interesting that the day, and this is deep, the the end of the day begins on the beginning of the day in some people's uh, spiritual psychology. So there are Jews all throughout the world who refuse to work tomorrow, who are in their homes right now, who are reading uh, 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 perhaps Torah or, or, or doing particular prayers or just being around their family and they're keying their energy to the planet Saturn which is a very significant which is playing a tremendous significant role now I'm not an astrologist astrologer or an astrologist and I do not profess to be one however I'm aware of the archetypes as they relate to my field of interest and study but I do know the experts yeah. You understand, and they would, and they can confirm what I'm saying. That right now is a very significant role or play for Scorpio. So as we enter, we're leaving um, Virgo. We're going into um, other signs, and soon, once it gets real chilly, we're gonna be in Scorpio. And that's when, for some reason, you know, things seem to dissipate. So I can see why people or your ancient ancestry would get you ready for those periods by showing you things in this period. And everybody knows this. Everybody uses this cycle of events to create and uh, inaugurate spiritual agendas. How did somebody go um, platinum on an album that came out on the same day of a tragic event like 9-11? You heard? <laughs> and it's because it wasn't. It had nothing to do with no goddamn Illuminati. I'm tired of niggas always giving the credit to the fucking losers you know, we the ones that won the game. I'm still in the, the I'm still in the blessings of my ancestry because I have the gnosis to associate the meanings of what they left me to utilize. So I'm autonomous to 
feeling poorly about myself, so poorly that I have to feed myself in the sweat of telling my folks that a white man is greater than them or even having that type of dialogue. You know, shout out to all of the white people that's listening and all of the white folks that be, that support, you heard, what I do. I got some white folks that give me serious game. They help your brother push the agenda, and they're not concerned about color, and they're not concerned about all of that. They're just dealing with the wise, because that's the one thing that connects everybody. There's no distinction in none of humanity when the question of why is asked. You understand? We all see each other's role. So I know what slave means Slavic. I know the Moors, um, 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 uh, uh, Islamicized Moors, exploited by Arabs in a vacuum of time and space, sold West Africans to Europeans, and then they created this edifice. But I'm also aware that my ancestors are in control and that they have a greater plan. And they knew the science of a rocket is based off of having a fuselage. A fuselage is that big piece of the rocket at the bottom that has all of the gas and the, and the, and the fuel required to send this, this very small projectile into the deepest reaches of space. And in order for that to occur, that fuselage has to burn and it has to fall to the ground as death, as dying. It has to go back into the earth and become the regenerating principle of Asar that we that we tap. And we always speak about these, these deities of old, but how many of us are associating them with the uh with the things that we need to associate with in the present context. So as you can see this train of thought is extremely different from the other hogwash in the bullshit that they're talking about creating further division in you and I, in our community, in our circle of associates. But because people are enthralled by separation and they love separation, those of us in the Red House who know that there is no learning in a vacuum, there is no learning in a vacuum, that we must travel out and touch the hearts and minds of those people who may be able to help us. You know how many people who have um, low-key low so-called took one for the proverbial team to feed 10 and 15 and 20 families while these self-righteous bitch-ass niggas is pitching all these lies about um, uh, who's God, which God is bigger. My God bigger than your God, nigga. My God can spit further than your God and all this instead of tackling the issue that really pertains to the ability to change. All things need a current. Uh, a grass can't grow without a current of light and nutrients. So all that talking and yapping is not rush like behavior. And you can hear the word ray in the color red. You can hear the color red. You can hear the color red. <laughs> you can hear the color red in the sound resh. And resh. Now, why do you think? Oh, I said this before. Let me, let me open up. Let me open up red lines so we can. There you red. go. I need, I, need, I need the God to be here when I get this one up. Peace, Lord. Peace to the Peace, peace. Can you hear me? Yes, King. Yes, 
Are you listening? Are you listening? Peace to the family. What's good? This is your brother Red Pill. I'm in the building. Uh, yeah, what's going on, bro? Peace, King. What's the science? Uh, mathematics. I see you turning up already. I want to oh, just yeah. say. You know, you know why? Because I'm mobbing with the youth. You heard? They're not I hating. Yeah, I want to say, before we even begin our dissertation tonight, you know what I'm saying, I don't want to interrupt anybody's, uh, I don't want to interrupt any knowledge. I just wanted to bring in our um, brother Delbert real quick to allow yeah. him to, um, you know, warm up the stage and feed the family. And then I wanted you to, you know, go in and lean in on your lecture because I know that you need that. You need that time slot in order to really lay down what it is that you have for the family. You know what I mean? You know that 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 information. Are are you cool with that? Yes, sir. Of course, I I am a student of Doctor Blair. He is one of the artifices of my my my, my ideology. So I I always sit sit down in the company of the master. You heard? Yeah, indeed. A humble student you are. Um. I believe the brother might, he should be in the call queue, uh, that Chicago number. Chicago. Shout out to Chicago, man. Shout, Shout out to, to little Shout out to little baby, little herb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Call up 708-708-422-708. Call up. Peace. Peace. How you doing, brother? Peace, King. Welcome. Can you hear me? Absolutely, Can you hear me? Yes, indeed. Yes, sir. Okay, thank you very much there again. By the way, it's always my pleasure, man, and I thank you for that deference that you gave. <laughs> but you are a brother that is something else on your own. It had nothing to do with that. Uh, in fact, you helped me many a time to get in there in New York and every other place, just as Red Pill has too. So I'm just happy to still be kicking around here, still using the brain power and still seemingly able to make some ways, because the way that the your government, all right, I mean, I didn't pay, the government comes down on my case, and all, I know I must be saying something right, so I didn't expect them to ever love me, but if everybody else does, then I'm happy. So let me say thank you for letting me in here. Uh, you know, I like to start off with two things. I want to wind up definitely with the universal prayer, because this planet is in deep trouble. It's not the planet so much as in trouble because it's going to lose anything. The planet's in trouble because it desperately wants to take that graduation, double promotion that the universal prime creator has given to it. And we've got so many diminishing returns, hanger on and, and just putting crappers out there. And I didn't say crackers, I said crappers out there that she's having a hard time. So anytime we can boost love to our planet, as souls and high consciousness, then let's always do that. So I'd like to end it tonight with that Creator's Prayer, and I would hope that people constantly think that uh, at a certain time, noon or midnight, whichever, also repeat it, and start to picture some of these people on this planet that you know are evil. Surround them with white light and mainly tell the planet that this is not you, and please separate you from them. Because, as I say, they want to be free anyway, but they'll never be free because they have no souls to be free with. We are soul people, and we must exercise that right and that privilege at this time. Uh, with all of that said, uh, this is Friday the 13th, and I've had a couple of 
shows to call me today for my look at Friday the 13th and where it got it. So I must say to this audience again that there's no truth to you decide what truth is, and I've said that also for many times, that uh, in this dimension there is no truth until you decide what truth is because your truth may not be my truth, my truth may not be yours, but that should not inhibit our search for the truth nor diminish what is truth because it's only by daring to establish our own truths and holding on to these kind of truths until greater wisdom manifests or supplants our present understanding of what is truth that we can ascend from involution by cycles into evolution by spirals and toward ultimate truth if that exists or if consummate truth so therefore exists. So therefore, there is no truth here until you decide what truth is. When the majority of people think it's the truth, that's what the truth becomes. But when you're singularity and you begin to strike on your own, you have to go where, I won't say where no man has tread before, but you have to go beyond the truth to see if what your soul is driving for will soon be truth. Having said all of that, the idea of, uh, say, Friday the 13th, I've heard it explained many, many ways. None of these ways do I think are completely true. They have partial truths and could be black cats and this and that, and somebody died and they killed a bunch of masons at one time and all this kind of thing. The truth is it involves our entire solar system on an event that happened so long ago that most of us have forgotten it, but we still see the lingering manifestation of what did happen. We see Mars in a very unwholesome way, having almost been devastated. We see salt water here along with fresh water here. And most planets do not have both salt water and fresh water. They have one or the other. We see the asteroid belt, which they're now telling you again these asteroids will be pulled to water soon, and when that happens, the Earth could get blown apart. Well, our Earth <laughs> got blown apart a billion years ago. Hear what I said, if that was the case, because this asteroid belt is part of an exploded planet. It was called the 13th planet. And that's where we get our residue, but not understanding of what to do or why it was done. And this gets into the story. There's another thing, too, I have to fragmentize, but, but bring out to what I think is my truth. This planet is 4 billion years old. So when we start talking about history, we don't even begin to understand history. I didn't say million. I said 4 billion years old. And it's been, and many of you have heard my lectures and presentations, it's been inhabited and controlled by a serpent-type race called Dracons for 3.9 billion years. So that means, again, that they have owned this planet longer than we have known this planet has been here, yet we're here. So they feel it's their planet, and because their science has been what we call fourth-dimensional, it has really wrecked havoc with all souls that come here that were not prepared to be captured and misused. But what happened to even get them here is where I want to go. And that thir number 13 is that there were 13 planets. There's a 12-planet system, and in higher systems that go, the number of planets diminish because it takes only a certain amount then to do a whole lot of things, whereas if you're trying out, you've got to go to a lot of classrooms in order to get one subject down to a science. So in this case, there was a planet by the name of Maldek, and there was a moon by the name of Malona, which circumvented her or surrounded her or revolved around her, which you would. It's a natural satellite, uh, not like the one we have, because that's why it does not 
circle around us. It circles, but it does not revolve or rotate. That lets you know automatically that something that should not be there. But these were a natural binary system that had Maldek and Malona. They were both inhabited, and the inhabitants on one was very different from the inhabitants on the mother, which was the main planet, and they began to have battles back and forth. The prima facie battle started with the annihilation of both of these planets, or I should say the planet and her moon, because the moon was a very large moon, almost the size of the planet. And when they both begin to use nuclear and what they call pulse technology, which is being given to us again, they both imploded, one exploded, one imploded, and bam, both of them were gone. When that happened, it set up a catastrophic uh, thing in our whole system, and in fact, this sector of the universe, if you understand the ripple effect of what it means when each consciousness begins to play against another, but not in synchronization. When this then happened, it killed everything on Mars, I'm sorry, on the moon. It killed everything on Maldek, and Malona was the moon. It then began to affect all the planets in our system. It affected Mars, and this is why Mars is still going through tumultuous, and the Martian scientists were very advanced at that time, and they knew that this was a possibility like we know now, and nuclear holocaust is a possibility again if the fools continue to do what they do without understanding of spirituality. Well, they could see this, and so many of them had tried to set up contingencies for that. Many of the Martians actually left and went to Sirius and Andromeda, but some of the Martians also came to Earth ahead of time, thinking that the catastrophe would be there, but the rest of the scientists actually put up two moons to try to balance Mars. They're called now Phobos and Deimos. If you look up the idea of their names, Phobos is panic and Deimos is fear. These were put up in panic and fear by the Martians trying to balance that planet and hope that it would not be disintegrated when the, uh, the catastrophe happened. It affected Saturn, and Saturn is still rebuilding. In fact, the Saturnians there do not like the people that are happening now because they feel that uh, what they did was, was should not have been allowed to happen. And there's a whole story now about Saturn and its moons and also Jupiter. And they say nine moons. Jupiter has 13 moons which means that one of these is going to be dislodged probably within the next century also. But past that, all of that debris, all of that energy, all of that that was that, rained through the solar system and came into the smaller planets around our sun, of course, which are Venus, Earth, Mars, and another one that was called, I um, can't think of the name right there. Um, it'll come back to me later on. Anyway, that meant that came come to Earth then, were a lot of water, and this is what was one of the last floods. The water, of course, was salt. Earth had no salt water. Earth had only fresh water. And the salt water, which is contains carnivorous-type things, which contained a very low vibration, uh, could not mix with the fresh water, so it separated. And this is why Earth has large oceans of salt water and still lakes and rivers of, of natural fresh water because the fresh water is what was Earth's, the salt water is what that contributed from these two crazy planets and planetoid blowing itself up. And, of course, that's where most of the carnivorous things that live in the salt water are, the fish that kill, the fish that squeeze, all the things that are very negative and high in vibration came from that Maldek Malona catastrophe. And, of course, now we're living symbiotically, really coexisting, but not too well because of now with the Fukudemi Daiichi plant, 
It's re-messed up the stuff, bring it back almost full cycles to where it was before. So that catastrophic thing, the 13th planet explosion, is why Triskaidekaphobia is now believed in, the fear of the number 13, because of what happened with the 13th planet. So I bring that out. It's my best research. Whether it's true or not, you have to judge for yourself. Uh, it's the best I could come up with, and I look past all the basic little things into the ancient history, read lots of books, did lots of meditation, and this is the way I understand it. So I did want to put that out since this is Friday the 13th. Many of you may have heard it before. I don't think all of you have heard it before. And, of course, I'm sure that there are many out there that have their own consciousness as to what their Friday the 13th was. But I wanted to share that anyway and to see if there's any feedback from that, from the audience, from you, Brother Rashid, or you, Red Pill, or Blue Pill, whichever, whoever's listening. And if not, then I want to go into some other things, too. But I'd like to kind of stop there for a pause that hopefully refreshes. Well, that was excellent, as usual. And um, I truly always appreciate your dialogue, King. You are definitely one of my greater influences and uh, I just want to add this, um, which is very brief, is that the there is a uh, there there is a uh, what I what I told Blue Pill about the number thirteen about numbers period when we we had our dialogue is that um, the number if we could find number function and find out what a number does in its own world, we might have the language to understand what it does when we intentionally place symbols and associate symbols to the number. The the numbers almost uh, are um, enamor our thoughts with their power. So for them to, um, like another very, very significant number in the psychology of the, uh, of the force that governs the messianic force of rulership, the number 44 plays an integral role into this present context in many respects because not only was it used to inaugurate, and I'll finish with this, not only was it used to inaugurate the uh, presidency of Nelson Mandela, and shame on the people who did not understand why I put a picture of Nelson Mandela in the visage of Obama's artwork and didn't understand or didn't even care to look at a DVD that just simply had numbers on it. You know, people are looking for words about the um, the blackest of the blacker, the blacker, the blackness of the blacker, blacker of I'm more black than them. The blacker of the blackest from the deepest origins of the ancient blackness, in order for them to get educated. And what it ha- what it's done is it has depreciated the value and has turned a lot of our um, proactive nerds off who were in the realm of spirit unlocking and decoding where Dr. Blair, Brother Bobby Hammond, and Dr. Reverend Phil Valentine were laying out as the blueprint for metaphysical thinking. So now, we, you know, it's, it's our duty to shake everybody, drink, and stir everybody, drink, to remind them about these three important pillars, Dr. Blair, Reverend Valentine and Brother Bobby Hemmett as they coalesce to create the dialogue that we are having. You feel me? So when they use 44 in South Africa, but they put the number 666 in between it, which is the number, you can Google it. Google 46664 in Nelson Mandela's name, and you'll see images 
of the number as it relates directly to his prison experience and an HIV agenda, okay? They superimposed his prison agenda and his presidency also into an HIV drive to emboss into that fiction of disease a number which resonates all throughout the universe. And then shortly thereafter, we are introduced with the 44th, uh, president as being a melanated person who is himself a representation numerically of the number 666. So people who say, oh, you, you're talking about the number 666 has everything to do something. See, many people just stop there at carbon. They say it has something to do with carbon. And and I implore people to listen to our dialogue about numbers, especially for the Blue Pills dialogue about the number 44, because it opens up the door to what? 666 in the form of the apocalyptic ratios. Apocalyptic numbers are are numbers which have the number 666 in a sequence after the decimal point, and we find those numbers in all the angles that are required to bring light to the planet. So melanin as a receptor of light is uh, coalesced directly to geometry. So it deals with apocalyptic numbers. Look that up. So, um... So, I... I appreciate I appreciate dearly um, your your dialogue, Doctor Blair. Especially when you remind people about the Earth's ancient history, about that exploded, and about how it affected the the, the magnetic field, how water, um, the the floods are real that you read about in these Bibles. It speaks about changes in magnetic fields, and when um, uh, Brother Raaku. Uh, a master told me that he knows the he knows the ancient origin of Kim. He knows the ancient origin of humanity because he uses not his emotions as they pertain to how he might want to feel, but he's dealing with the actual science and application of the longitude latitude lines as they relate directly as they relate directly to astrology and to where the, the the planetary influences and where moons are at, where planets are at, and their effect on tides, emotions, social trends. You know what I'm saying? And uh, um, anytime you see, you know, imprints of seashells at the root of the pyramid, you, we must understand that. Do you know how long it takes for fossils to form? On on things that that were created there by the seawater, you understand. So there were parts of the planet that we cherish right now that were submerged in water that we don't know about. Every day we turn around, they talk about they didn't found the underground world, underground city that's under water, submerged in water, pyramids in water, Japan, the South America, Central Central uh, uh, South Pacific, all these under underwater worlds. You know, so thank you, Dr. Blair. Well, let me say this. I agree. Uh, You know, I'm one of those that does not believe in astrology as it's now taught, but we won't get into a long debate on that one. I will bring out just two points, though. Uh, Of course, January and February, or January and February came about from Pope Gregory and Julius Caesar. So 
if you were Capricorn or if you were Aquarius, you didn't even exist before 45 B.C. And, of course, that period is so much foolishness and throwing in there. But uh, that's not the cause, so I'm going to let that go for right now. Uh, at any rate, as we're now approaching and as we're talking about, you know, they're now talking about uh, Comet Isan. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, Isan is all over the place. Supposedly is 6.7 miles away. Uh, near the continent of Mars and supposed to be by uh, continent of Mars. There I go again. Uh, there's the planet Mars again and supposed to be will near be there about October 1st, and then in the end of uh, uh, of November we come close to Earth. Well, they have had so many comets that have come by here that they have not even named. They have had asteroids that zoom by, and there's so many of them that they talk about it after it had a near miss. And as I say, the asteroid belt is part of the exploded planet. This is why there's so many fragments of it. And as our energies now with these new suns, well, here we go. <laughs> but the energy from these suns now is causing that asteroid belt to begin to pull together. And that's why you're seeing all of these asteroids suddenly zooming by. They've been zooming by. They haven't had the scientific apparatus to even note them. Now that they're becoming conscious, as our planet goes up in vibration, everybody must become conscious. We must become aware of higher consciousness and what we would call the left-right brain entrainment. So as we progress, we will learn more. We are actually going to relearn because there's very, very few new souls coming in here. These are old souls being born now. They're here to make this fight a successful one. They're here to see a planet get double promoted. They're here to finally get rid of the ageless, age-old uh, dinosaur dracons, and they're here to see progresses. And this is why they're uh, kind of rambling a little bit, but this is why they're giving all these children these daggone vaccines and shots because they don't want them to understand who they are. They came here as the X-Men. And watch, you know, I made a prediction last year. Everybody was worried about the December 21st, and I said, don't even worry about it. They don't even know what year it is, and they don't, and they didn't. And I said, don't worry about the Mayan prophecy and all of that. Next year is when you're going to see death, and I still say, you still haven't seen death yet. There are going to be a billion or more people leaving here within the next three months, and I'm not proud to say that. I don't want to say that, but it's true. Some of them will take themselves out. Others will be taken out by pulse weaponry. Others will be taken out by ignorance by using these daggone cell phones and stuff without diodes and without protection. And, of course, they're actually spraying every day the air with poisons and barium and titanium and aluminum. All of those things cause all these diseases. You know, people are getting the uh, asthmatic things, bronchitis things. All these are mucous membrane irritations from this daggone barium. Asthma, bronchitis, sinusitis, and as soon as you start taking these crazy vaccines that they're giving you, you're really going to be in trouble. And I even heard a statement. I'm not lying about this. I, I, I keep up with the news. I do intensive research and meditation. I heard the other day a, somebody came on there and said that, in spite of what you may have heard about mercury, we're finding now, and science is finding now, that mercury is very good for the immune system. I said, what did I just hear? You know, you might hear anything nowadays. This is why I says, no truth. Do you decide what truth is? And, of course, as you know, with Monsanto having taken over your government, and you know how that was. If you want details, we can deal with that one, too haven't taken over your government, haven't taken over the world because corporations, and this is one of the worst corporations you can come up, even took over Whole Foods, 
which we now jokingly call half foods because nothing is whole about it anymore, they're now having, I guess, since they took over your government anyway, I guess they have most of these senators now eating Monsanto food. So if they had some hope for having something spiritual, there's very little left now. So I'm just saying these are the times of great change. These are the times of great awakenings. These are the times when the spiritual people and people with melanin who, and by the way, that's your password and passport to the cosmos, melanin. And if you notice, all the worlds they're discovering now have dark matter. In the middle of the Milky Way galaxy, which they say we're going into, there's an Oort cloud. What is it full of? Dark matter. And what is dark matter? Melanin. What is dark matter and what is melanin? Green things. Plant chlorophyll so you can adapt. They're even making statements still that people, black as pitch, must take D3 in order to get vitamin D from the sun. Huh? And then telling black people they better not go out in the sun too much either because they can get burnt. Yes, they can, but they can get burnt black to a crystal on the skin, but it would not penetrate because these, each cell has its own nucleus, which contains melanin, and, uh, and that melanin will not allow the inner glands and tissues to get, to get messed up. So much stuff now is coming up which is nonsensical, that when things sound kind of preposterous and way out, it makes them sound nonsensical too. But everything I've said, as far as my belief and research goes so far tonight, is true. And it's just a matter now of the melanated people, the people of high consciousness, the old souls that are being born, to wake up now as to what's happening and get this thing on. And I'll say one other thing too, and if the discussion can go further, great. If not, then, hey, anytime you want to let me go. Everybody is, now how do I say this? Everybody is so protective of the president because he has melanin that I think they're not looking at what melanin can do if not used in a helpful consciousness way. And I read some of the executive orders. Whether they're all true or not, I don't know, but I read what they talked about. them. And some of these executive orders are horrible. I can only say that I would expect better from a spiritual person, but I'll just simply say again, some of the things that are happening now cannot be excused because of the color of a person's skin. But as they say, content of character and consciousness of the soul is what I think I have to look at at this time. We're in deep trouble here. And you know also, too, and in case you don't, Russia has the best that I know of, not on the planet, because on the planet, in the planet, includes some areas that nobody wants to talk about. But on the surface of this planet, has the best weather weapon called Elada, period. Harp is one thing. Isaac Cat, European scatter scaler is another. Theirs is best. And every time you mess with Russia, they can bring you some weather you don't even think you thought you knew. And the United States is definitely messing with Russia. And, of course, this thing with uh, uh, Ahar Azad, uh, that's another thing I don't think they got correctly, although his dad and he were both no good. He's an optometrist, but an oncologist, by the way, very deeply educated. But, you know, when they start killing all those people for protesting, that's still no excuse. But at the same time, he would be a fool, and he's far from that, to do what they said he did. That's al-Qaeda, and guess who's financing al-Qaeda every minute of every hour of every day? And one of those countries is called the United States. Some of you may have heard it. So as I say, these are interesting times when people are making decisions. But when you start to play your ace, you better make sure that they're not three out against you someplace else. Uh-huh. Tell them all this. God damn it. Listen, Dr. Blair, you're one of my motivations. Let me tell you something. I personally... 
I personally have had the honor of being in your presence, and a lot of people who have not, you know, uh, would not understand the, uh, the, the the not just your information, but your your spirit of being and your and your consistency. And this is something, King, that is so missing from, you know, the dialogue is character. And you, every time, I, the first time I met you, I was so humbled that I met you attending, you came to attend my lecture, and I inaugurated our, our friendship, and and in turn, I, you know, I enjoyed bringing you to, to New York the times that I did, the, the more than once. It's myself and Brother Marvin, and, you know, it was an enlightening experience, especially one for my historical experience, if I ever decide to write the book, the the chapter on Dr. Blair and the fact that you are a warrior and an elder at the same time, and you still, you ain't lipping, you ain't got no cane, and you spitting the truth, and you consistent, you know, it's a beautiful thing. And I hope that the young people understand that it don't matter what your information is and what your personal life may be. But if you are consistent in the same person all the time with those who matter the most, that is one of the most outstanding contributions that you can give to humanity is consistency in character. And if you write, even if you're wrong, if you're consistent in character, people will respect you. You know what I'm saying? And thank you, brother, for your presence and your existence, and I truly appreciate you. And it is my duty as a young person to tell the world about your your story and your glory, you understand, so that the future can 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 not only speak your name and bring you into the present and you will live forever, but it's also our duty to do that. Thank you, Ken. Well, I thank you very much for that compliment. I also thank you. I also thank you very much for having brought me, I think, at least four or five times <laughs> into New York on your own and when others were supposed to come and support and didn't and you still held up. So I thank you very much for that because whether it's deference, respect, or whatever else again, I know many people to do a lot of talking, but most people don't do the walking. And they definitely can do run the wrong direction when the chips go down. So I respect you for that and I thank you so much for that deference too. Um, I'm sorry, you were saying something. No, I just was saying that. I was saying, tell it. That's right. Beautiful. I appreciate that. The accolades on your end, but for the listening audience, another key component of of our our elder teacher's character is the fact that he is a native of Chicago, and that is one of the most realest black central locations on the planet. In fact, it might be the most blackest and most gulliest and official place on the planet for African Americans. Do shout out to our ancestors, Du Sabel, and all the cats, the people who understand their relationship to cats and to myrrh and to the sound of myrrh and their culture. They understand that Chicago is a headquarters for for the intelligentsia. Of, of of everything that is melanated. And they even had to bring their 44th president from Chicago. Everything that we grew up with. And I always tell people this, Dr. Blue, I was ready for 
Barack Obama when they gave us the A-Team as children because the star, one of the stars of the A-Team, the only black cast member was Mr. T. And Mr. T is from the Robert Taylor Homes in Chicago. And Mr. T's name was B.A. Barakis, which is almost <laughs> similar and the same to Barack Obama. So I know the game, this game is about chess. It ain't about checkers. People don't make up what they tend to do to you today or tomorrow. They do it years in advance if you're really into uh, controlling the world through the, the minds and the hearts of the people. You know, so Chicago is an epicenter, and I love Chicago, and people who live in Chicago should be proud and not ashamed of the violence. It should be a call for you to go to the streets and understand why is the violence and understand that many of our elders don't have access to the youth. And without access to the youth, they can't even talk to them or speak to them. And many of the people don't understand the culture in Chicago that the the the, the gangster disciples and the vice lords, the energy is still there, but the template has changed. The young people don't have no big homies or elders, so they have taken what was left to them and created their own family. And I can still see greatness within those young people, despite what you see. Those young people still follow the rules. You understand? They they listen to Chief Keith. He'll tell you everything that he lo- don't like, and everything that he don't like is the same thing that you ain't supposed to like. You understand? Feel feel me on that. He's a little baby. You understand? So my thing is, we are sitting up here pointing fingers at the uh, the youth and saying what they're doing bad, but we're not focusing on the fact that many of them are still keeping true to the rules of engagement, of character, you know, and that's the Chicago movement. Chicago is one of the only places in the United States of America where you can't listen to a a rap record and come outside and think that you can sell drugs. You can't sell no drugs in in, in Chicago if you're not affiliated of some sort with a familial structure and you have not proven yourself in some sense. So when we remove the veil of morality and understand the nature of humanity, people have always mobbed together and have always been tribal and have always used what they have been bequeathed with. So if you have not given these children nothing to 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 um to honor or to respect, they will just use what they have and move forward because that is the natural drive of life is to move forward, not to brood and sit and moan and mope about the uh the events of now. It's to change the template. So I think well, well, doing... see, let me this, uh, okay. if I may there. Um Yes, Arthur. Uh, I used to teach over at Malcolm X University uh, by choice, by way to Dr. Hurst. In fact, he, I had a pretty good position at Malcolm X. I personally went over to the Woodlawn Organization. This is years ago now. Woodlawn Organization over there. We remember TWO. That's the one that got financed and all that kind of stuff. I personally broke up the East Side Disciples. Now, let me say this and let me explain to you how to show you how I was used. Nobody could do anything with the stones because the University of Chicago paid off the stones, and they were making a million dollars a week, and they paid them to do what they did. But, this, but there was a killing that happened, and I was doing an after-school program there. And when they came there, I was also part of, if you remember that, I don't know if you remember the black cops that they used to have around there, the black, black big union where they used to have this guy that 
Uh, well, anyway, these were real brother cops, put like this, and they respected me, they respected them, so on and so forth again. But on a weekend, I was the head of the D's over there. I was East Side Disciples at that time. I went home. I'd just spoken with the brother and all like this, and I'm listening to the news at 9 o'clock that night or whatever it was, and it was late at night, said another D killed. A D shot down in the Supreme Land, which is down in 47, what they call the Valley and all this stuff. I said, oh, no. Man, you talk about something, I don't know which was worse. Uh, when, when my wife died, or at that time, because this was, she was alive at that time, when they said that, I said, no. And I just went berserk just about it. I said, blank, blank, blank. This brother was, uh, he was a big, tall, big dude, per se. And so I started making a poem. And I composed that poem all night long. Another day is dead. Shot down in the alley. This time in Supreme Lands. No way from the valley. Uh, no red tams, black tams. How many must fall? When you blow above his head, he can't wear no tam at all. I put this thing out, and I was a, I had a column in the in the, uh, in the moose tape over there. I put that thing out there, and that went all over uh, Woodlawn over there again. The D's saw it. The team saw it. All, and the stone saw it the whole bit again. Turned out... <laughs> that I had that posted on the school, and it was all over the place. I'm holding class there that Monday, that night. The doors open. Everybody in the class just looked up. Here comes in this guy that was ahead of the D's, okay? He had, it was another D that had been shot down in Supreme Lands. That's down there in that cabin around 47th Street with all those buildings and tenements again. He had hadn't been him, but he had, he saw all this. He came in. He had tears in his eyes. He had his head down. He said, man, I didn't know you cared. And that was when that broke that up, and that's when, as I say, uh, anyway, so that was a very interesting thing, how sometimes the Creator uses us even when we don't know. But that's a true story. I don't lie about things, and I'm sure not lying about that. And Renault Robinson, of course, was one of the black you know, the, the black cops down there, and he was the one also that wouldn't go along with the orders that Daly gave and all that stuff. So as I say, this is my second time around, but I did what I was supposed to do and still do, and the whole trouble is now, when you get all this marijuana and cannabis, and I got a whole story, a whole film, too, on cannabis. When you got that cannabis in here now, and they put that with, hair, with crack cocaine, nobody gets that. You take that thing, and you're instantaneously gone. But if you remember, again, they get this stuff, and where do you think they get their guns from? How do you think you can't get one, but your gang member can get it that, and get cartridges and casings for it? So this is the whole point. They're still bringing it in. They're still messing with our community. There is still hope. But, of course, this is what they want us to lose our young so we won't have any decent old. So, anyway, I had to share that. And I'm sorry for rigging all the time, but that just reminded me of that, that incident that happened with me. No, brother. You, you need no apology. You, you need no apology. What you just did was you, you gave everybody a historical reference for, uh, for the reality of Chicago. And I'm going to tell you something. Every time I go to Chicago, I feel a, a, a urgency within myself to be confident and to know that I control the elemental forces involved. You know, well, so the 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 most important aspect. Okay, so the most important thing that I say is that this every time I go to Chicago, brother, I see some beautiful. And I see some intelligent and talented and the most outstanding people, people who look you still in the eyes, straight in the eyes, people like, you know, that blood from Chicago streams all into New Orleans. It's in Texas. It's in Detroit. It's in all those areas that surround it. 
you know, and are close to it. And when I, I'm living now in California, there are several people in California who bring that energy of uh, of black elitism in the form of confidence to the table. How, however, we don't have uh, outlets, and we don't offer the children another point of reference or another outlet in which to see themselves within their greatness as and as a result and as a result they are disutilizing uh what they have. Shout out to every side of Chicago. When uh when I was there I was uh hosted by uh brothers and sisters from the West Side. No, every side, you know, shout out to all of the brothers and sisters who are listening from the shy and who have an actual connection to the politics that enrapture and encapsulate the experience for the youth there and who infiltrate into those circles the information like what what, what, what Dr. Blair did. He used journalism as his inroad. Now these children are musical. They've taken music out of their schools, and now they have made their own music. They've created their own industry. They've also created and their own genre of music based off of a beat pattern, and it's called drill music. And if you listen to the music and you listen to the talented ones who utilize drill, they they are saying they are using the ancient African folklore or the pattern of speech used by what created the blues. You have to use paranesis almost as a priest to extrapolate what is going on around you and be able to say it poetically as as a warner. You tell people about the war first, and then you tell them about the things that all things that come after. You are, you are make them aware of the war. And you can hear this in the African music of the people, the brothers and sisters who are fighting for their independence in the Congo, and Zaire, and all other places in Africa. The children were the ones who hit the streets, and the first thing they brought with them was their music. And they used their music to speak about the evil and corrupt police. They spoke about the evils and the corrupt uh, overuse of narcotics and drugs. And this infiltrated itself into uh, hip-hop music. So people are saying that, uh, you know, hip-hop is negative and hip-hop is run by the Illuminati. Good music does what it does. I don't care what nobody say. There's a, there's truth. There's a truth serum in every poison. There's a healing within every poison. There's a poison within every healing, you know, and once you rise above everything, you're able to meet our people on the same place and in the same place. So uh, it's times I've been in the, what they would call uh, the holy city. They they even, our brothers and sisters call their quote-unquote hoods or quote-unquote ghettos, they enamor it with uh, this mystical adaptation of their own Mythos to justify their presence within all of this uh, confusion. And this is the tool, this is the African genius tool that was used to create the Eurocentric Judaic force that was really in the mid 18th century, 17, uh, around 1750s of the Hasidic movement. The Hasidic movement was created out of a mystical journey in the ghetto of Europeans. 
and they use their rabbinic forces and their quote-unquote big homies of their surroundings to enrapture them in all of these mystical uh, abilities and calling themselves messiahs. You understand? So our children, they call themselves little, little. They call themselves littles. And before I used to be like, why are you? Why they always talk about they little this and little that and little this? It's really a, a veneration and an understanding that there's something greater than themselves. That's why they call themselves little. In California, anybody that's a, 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 a aware of gang culture understands they they got the big vert, they got big ghosts, they got little ghosts, then they got tiny ghosts. You understand? They got all these. When I was a kid and we, we had a, a street gang uh, called the Raiders for the youth because in my generation, our youth, we had to raise ourselves. We had to create our own house, and we created our own mysticism. We we inaugurated the corners of Waverly and Fulton and in the corner of Gates and Clinton as the Lost Ark. So we said that the L.A. Raiders, because we didn't live in L.A., we said that it was the L.A. was the Lost Ark. So we called our neighborhood the Lost Ark, and rest in peace to all of my friends, man. Rest in peace to my friend in Juzi, who was one of the most um, loyal t- people in the world. But Juzi was about that that life, serious, for real. And he was gunned down in the streets, getting it in for the homies and, and maintaining the love that we created for ourselves. My, 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 you know, so many, you know, people who we lost, my, my friend Yaya, when I was little, that's the first person that I ever, and this is a historical reference for me, this is one of the first people that accepted me in the streets as an autonomous person, and I watched him be mowed down and killed by grown men when he was 15 years old, so we raised each other, and with with the material that was left to us, because of all of the dysfunction that was going on with adults, and I see that the same dysfunction exists within this generation in the form of all of these missing rules. So until the world becomes perfect, that's when I'll be perfect, but until then I will protect myself with my experiences, and I know about intentional acts of ignorance that they are better than just sitting there and not doing nothing at all. You understand? And, you know, shout out to all of the brothers and sisters who have an affinity or love for those who have passed away as a result of, you know, street violence, you know. Keep their names alive because they are martyrs in a sense. They have experienced the, the life of an abandoned youth culture. You understand? Nobody cares about these kids. You know what I'm saying? Everybody point fingers at them, but can't none of you, these so-called teachers, I want to see them with the youth. I'm always with the youth, you know, and I make it a purpose to be seen with the youth. When I'm And I make it I make it a pertinent, a pertinent reality that I let them see me with the youth and I speak like the youth and I speak there and I put my, my healing within there uh, as a potion inside of their culture. You know, and it will be a reference for those who who are able to see. You understand that we were doing something significant because we honored another person's experience. And people are not honoring people's experiences. People are pushing out this uh, this modality of 
of communicating ineffectively. There's all these passive aggressive males running around and all of these uh and all of these these people who are not holding down the emotional apparatus that maintains a culture of trust and and, and uh love amongst the sisters. Because we all sat in the belly of a woman. And here it is, we are sitting in the belly of a woman, and then all these brothers and sisters, especially the brothers, are doing themselves an injustice by not respecting women in this respect. They won't go and achieve or try to create a relationship with a woman whose female presence in their existence operates within the confines of what it's here to do, is to honor male psychology. Female, the female females are known in science to lie more than males to protect people's feelings. That means that women are in control of people's emotions. So when I see violence among males, I look at the home structure. In many places like Chicago and other inner cities, the wards in New Orleans and different little hoods in Texas and California, you have women who have multiple children by multiple male figures, but it has become just a course of reality that, hey, we just engender and make kids and nobody's there to support their psychology. And unfortunately, some people ain't there in the house with their children, but you know what? You can still, there's still a space for you to create an emotional affinity and, and connection to them emotionally so that they can feel support emotionally. When they're not around you, they should feel confident. And the streets aren't the ones that should give it to them. So the reason why we're speaking about the Red House and the reason why I'm taking so much emphasis into creating a new streamlined, high-end approach to this information that is that has less obstacles is because I know that we are in dire times and that the youth need a streamlined message. They needed to get to them quicker and it needs to be within their culture. So we can no longer marginalize them. It has to be DJs at every lecture. What happened to the culture in New York where people were coming from out of town to come to a lecture, not to a um a, a, a De La Hoya and a, um, a, a, what's this nigga, uh, my man Money May, where the fight. It's always a fight, you heard? That's what brings the people out. No, I come from an era when we packed uh, 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 Long Island University to see Reverend Valentine, to see Dr. Blair, to see Bobby Hammond. I come from a culture where we, we, we gave the people what they wanted. They wanted Bobby and Phil together. I come from a culture where people wanted to hear Dr. Blair because they missed him for 15 years, and none of these Negroes wanted to give Dr. Blair his honorarium which at the time was the highest of the time, but really is low end in comparison to the economy and how valuable this information is. People call me and always tell me about my teacher uh, trying to, you know, passively, aggressively tell me that my teacher's rates are too high. He's supposed to be, he's supposed to be, he's not even supposed to be asking for money. People are supposed to be throwing money at our teachers, but people will spend more money to impress people that don't care about them than they will invest into their own self and, more importantly, into the future. Because after you die, if you didn't leave music, you're nothing to me. If you're not a musician, a teacher, or an artist of some sort, you, your, your existence would your, I, I, I'd be feeling so confident and comfortable because of my 
historical contribution to this community that if I go today or tomorrow, I know exponentially whatever happens to my body, my concepts and my input into those who matter, they're going to take the information and give it to a new demographic. And many of my um, my young students who are younger than me or some of them my age all have children, and they will attest to the fact that Brother Rashid or Ahmed or Rashid, whatever you want to call me, I always give real talk. You know, I don't care who it is to. Just don't try to play me or don't try to manipulate me or forget where I came from. And I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to tell it to you like it is. You understand? So, you know, it's a beautiful experience, and this is a historical show, and I appreciate that story you just gave us, Dr. Blair, because it gives people um, a one-up on uh, uh, where the real force comes from. Many people think that the driving force of, uh, of, of this community that we always speak on the improvement of is um, um, the, uh, some, some, a group of people sitting up eating vegetables, um, praying and meditating. Those are the people who encompass that body of people who complain about the people who need the information the most, but they are unable or unable to reach those people. They can't even get in those same circles because they don't have the character to do so. There's so many people here, uh, uh, men, grown men, um, participating in all type of, uh, you know, I don't want to curse because my elders aren't here, but all type of, you know, uh, interpersonal, insignificant, um, uh, um, endeavors that don't bring the people back. Shout out to the people who are willing and have the heart enough to ask the people who are responsible for bringing individuals to these lectures to bring. When are they going to bring? Why ain't nobody in New York bring um, um, the pills, the red, the blue, me together, the youth, the people that we mob with all together for us to talk in synergy? We need to do something specifically to the youth that's not talking negative or down to them. You heard? That, that encompasses their culture and bring and invite parents to bring their children, bring their schools, and bring people so we can support and create a whole hub for addressing the real issue, which is the youth. But we are too, you, you know, I see the people in there, and I, I be wanting to smack them, Dr. Blair. They come out to these events. You tell them that somebody's coming to teach, they don't come out. They start talking about people's personality. But then when you tell them that somebody's going to have a bout, these blood suckers, they want to come and see blood. They want to come see somebody talk personal about somebody's personal life or talk negatively about somebody in the company of people. And it's it's not what I got into it for, you know. And one of the videographers, the young brother, uh, Rich, downtown Brooklyn, he told me one day, he said, yo, AA, I feel sorry for you because when you came home and you started teaching, it, the the game was top of the line teachers and you was in that circle and then it just degenerated into this whole uh this whole thing where it's these uh pseudo teachers, nobody vouched for these people. They just coming out and just rehashing all the stuff that all of my teachers had already said and creating more indec- indecisiveness and none of them on a personal level are real niggas. You understand? They not official. You understand? And the only one, the only one of the new, it's only two that I respect of the new breed 
of the young people, and that's Polite and Uma. You heard? Polite and Uma who are out there in Oba, you understand, who are out there doing the work. You know, every you know, it, it brings pain to my stomach sometimes, but then also laughter when I hear you know these new, these new teachers and their little whole interactions where they falling out with each other. Like that means something to the community. I don't care if this whole ass nigga falls out with you or this one fell out with you. You know, and I pray, Doctor Blair, that 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 I pray and I say this as you, my witness, as an elder. I can't wait to the day when the, when my circle, when we collectively start ostracizing these holes, you understand, and start, and start creating lines of what this whole thing was created of. There has to be some somebody, everybody crossing lines, there's got to be somebody to make a line. But this got to be a line someplace that's out of the access or the reach of this opportunistic group of new teachers. You know, everybody want to teach, you know, somebody. Don't teach me nothing about health if you don't have in your curriculum psychology. People uh, participate in unhealthy lifestyles because they don't feel good about themselves. You do not address people who don't feel good about themselves by telling them how bad they are for eating chicken. And stop telling my people that Africans don't eat meat. Go to Africa and telling people that you are vegetarian. They're going to look at you like you're disrespecting them. You understand? <laughs> Everything ain't for everybody. We are, we, are, we are all entities that have our own agenda. And stop making your love, lust for vegetables um, a political and spiritual agenda that I got to follow. I don't care nothing about it. I was a vegan before many of these niggas even thought about that shit. And I understand for my nature as an individual, when I was a vegan... I did not communicate effectively with the world. I was I, I wasn't built in the womb to be a vegan. My mother is from the nation of Islam. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad uh, insisted that the people ate fish, H and G. They ate fish and the fish and they ate a bean soup. You understand? And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had diabetes but never took insulin because of his diet, and he lived well into his seventies and created a nation. You understand? So, and had libido. He was still putting that work in and have babies. You understand? So, don't tell me nothing about eating veggies is going to make me a better person. And this is what plagues the community is characterless people will get on these radio shows and exploit the community with Google information. Many of these people haven't even read 20 books from cover to cover in their whole tenor on in life and cells and flesh and blood, but now with the access of Google and their uh, isolated circle where they're not surrounded by no real niggas, down to all of you weirdos who are followers of people. If you are if you are a member of an organization and your leader is constantly in the crux of something that has nothing to do with the information, shame on you because you're a follower and you need to go back to church. You're safer in the church. You'll save more money, time, pain, and effort if you would just go back to church. For real. For real. For real. And I walk what I talk. You understand? I go wherever I want to go. I'm in Philly when I feel like it. I'm in Chicago when I feel like it. I'm in California 
when I feel like it. I'm wherever when I feel like it because I feel confident within myself, and I know that you can't kill my information. My information moves the crowd. You understand? And I got the official team, the official, the official team that don't care about if I'm right or I'm wrong. And those are the people I bang with. You understand? The ones who, and those are the sisters. You feel me? That I love and adore as friends. You heard me? As friends and comrades. <laughs> if you but only knew, if you but only knew the power of having a female on your side, you would totally understand the nature of the universe, that the very thing that has been keeping me alive is being in good graces with a few powerful wounds and connecting, not on a wound level, connecting, because I learned this from Brother Polite from and Brother Nick Yama. Shout out to him. I've seen him demonstrate. He is a legend. You know, I want to be the new fat. Fat Ninyama. I want to be Ninyama. I need to get some of his lessons. He need to, We need to support him. You understand? To understand the, 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 the science of sensuality. You understand? If you can make people feel good, people will create a palace in their own mind for you to occupy. So how you gonna get how you gonna get um good things in your experience and you creating all these negative experiences in people's um, minds, in particular women. You understand? So that trend has to stop. Character has to be raised. But I'm not I'm not going to the uh to the to Whole Foods to find niggas to to fight this revolution. I'm not going in the aisles of um Whole Foods in the veggie aisle to find the force <laughs> required. I need them niggas that's eating Zulu burgers. That's keeping it real, that's not scared of getting no money and that's not gossiping like a hoe and that's supporting the teachers and bringing new talent that is relevant and that does not center on trivial stuff. And one of my endeavors and one of the things that I'm I'm imprinting in the community and the teachers, in fact, is that we have to upgrade and move out of the isolated circle and get the information where it's needed. And we have to condense the info. And what I've been doing as of late is transferring many of my presentations into a format that will allow me to email the format because I've been doing many things for this long by myself. If on Gates Avenue, I didn't have no uh, veggie-eating niggas or spiritual metaphysical niggas coming to help me spread the word, sell DVDs, raise money to bring Dr. Blair, Brother Valentine, Brother Bobby. I had young people from the streets who were in the in our in our offices there on Gates Avenue in the most violent location in Bedford Stuyvesant, creating content, filming burning DVDs, traveling to Philadelphia, spreading the word. If you could get your DVD to Philadelphia, if you could get your DVD in the hand of Sarnetta, if you could get your DVD in Rich's Hand downtown to Brother Larry in Oakland, if you could get your DVD to uh, the brother uh, out, out, out uh, um, the, the brother with the, with the locks who come to see Sarnetta from Michigan, uh, if you can get your DVD, then you can make a force and change. But you can't do none of that unless you're using the energy of the youth. 
and the people who matter the most. And single-handedly, we were able to get this far to get the word out to make it so people knew about what we were doing. But now they have streamlined this experience. They have offered us technologies that has now allowed it where you don't got to wait no more to get my DVDs in the mail because people know I've been doing it by myself sometimes. Shout out to the people who have been patient. I have people wait for weeks and months to get DVDs. I'm notorious for sending you extra stuff. I'm notorious for sending you everything and more except for the shit you asked for. And then I got to send that later. But I've been doing it by myself. You understand how difficult it is to do something by yourself? Yo, I cur- I wish the worst curse. Listen, I wish the worst curse on anybody that says that they could do something by themselves and not incorporate the people around them to make this shit streamlined. So I said, you know what? Let me do this. Let me not curse nobody and let me just make it streamlined. So I have right now to offer the power of the word. This is a very powerful and significant. If any listeners are listening to the show, put in the chat room if you did get this DVD. And if you didn't, you need to email me at Q-A-B-A-L-A-G-O-D at Gmail, Q-A-Kabbalagod at Gmail, Q-A-B-A-L-A-G-O-D at Gmail. And the price, the, the meager price of $49, not only do you get the lecture right there, but I send you almost every book that pertains to the field of study that I'm talking about, all the major sources. You get that to go with. The, you can watch the lecture now. You ain't got to fall victim to no game, no skeeter. You're calling the people asking, where's my DVDs? Brother, I sent you the, I sent you the money two months ago. What happened to my stuff? That's over with. As soon as we receive your email, we begin your process and connect with you directly. You get my telephone number. You get access to me directly, and I email you within 45 minutes your entire lecture plus several books to help to facilitate this. So now I'm using this show and what I just told you to also inaugurate my correspondence courses. Many people have been asking me, Rashid, when you're going to do the correspondence course. Well, in my mind, correspondence courses, the one that I, I'm a member of the BOTA, the Builders of the Adderton, uh School created uh, to focus on the Western um, approach psychologically and archetypally of the traditions of the ancient or, or the secret teachings of Israel as uh, Ann Davies and uh, uh, Paul Forster Case have um, have uh, 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 inaugurated in their literature. So as a builder of the Adderton, this is a school that you must attend for 13 years. I'm a student of a eight-year member, a brother who I've literally seen create whirlwinds of change every place he went. My brother Zuriel, and he is a South American. He's a brother from Belize that's one of the most uh, advanced spiritualist of the of the uh, Western psychology that I've ever met. He's the brother that taught me that you can't go buy tarot cards 
and think that you're a true tarot reader. You must have blank cards and use your own art and paint on your cards to make your cards yours. And once they are yours, no one are to touch them. And you can use the ancient archetypes left in tarot to not only foretell future events but create future events as well. So I get a lot of my, um, my, my information from him. So now let me tell you something. I am going to be able to give monthly to those who are not sitting, pointing fingers at fictional Illuminati fictions and serpentine beings that control the inner sanctum of the universe. That's all well and dandy. I'm also giving you an edge on that by giving you a sense of being in a place to put your thoughts. If It, it, it should not be a mystery that, and I'm not tooting my own horn. You can hear in my voice that I'm making a distinction from my character as an individual as I speak to the greater part of you, that I truly possess keys to unlocking the centers of your psychology that will make you a better person. I have been the worst human being on the planet many occasions. And how have I been able to still subsist and give something back to those who matter most is because I have found that it doesn't matter how much stuff you know. What matters is where do you place that information. If you have no place to put that information, it is senseless. I have a, I have a system of, I have floors in my building, in my house. I have rooms in my house. I have an attic in my house. I have a dinner table in my house where we sit down and eat. I have a library in my house. And this is the house that I tell people you walk with every day. When you leave your home, you in your own house. So how would your house look? Well, if, you, if I told you to draw the house of yourself, how would it look? One of my teachers, a brother named Everlast, who was serving a 50-year sentence, he taught me years ago, he said that whatever you vision your house right now with your limited information and what you know, you must have the courage to destroy it and build a new one brick by brick. And this gave me a segue into understanding the inner corpus of why our ancestors put dimensional lines and measurement. Why waste the time of the reader of any biblical construct or religious text with the measurements and lines of creating tents, outdoor edifices, sacrificial bowls, bronze pillars. What are they doing when they were doing that? They were introducing you to a different form of meditative rites where you're able to create your own reality from your thought process and give dimension and fortitude lines to your thoughts, where your thoughts are now images in your psychology. And because you have taken the effort to take, in, take these thoughts and make them images in, in the psychology, the reason why mind and universe are the same is because they share the same essence. So if you create something in your mind, the universe will conspire to extrapolate what mind creates and create an edifice for it in the world at large. And I'm going to tell you, uh, no, am I, am I, uh, am I, am I, uh, am I a millionaire? You know, am I a millionaire? Absolutely not. 
Am I wealthy? Extremely wealthy. Extremely wealthy. I have figured out that there's nothing in the universe wor- worth worrying about. And when you worry, you create an obstacle in the way of your success. So I don't worry about nothing no more. You know, one of my, one of, I've received my greatest gift from one of my students in Los Angeles. My, one of my students in Los Angeles, he took me in the company of a real billionaire. I was in the company of someone that got, they got enough money to buy these niggas' souls. You understand? And the person was very, very, very um, uh, admired my effort to learn Jewish mysticism. However, uh, uh, many people in my circle would tell me, man, you know that Jewish mysticism, you're supposed to be rich, man. You in Hollywood, my nigga. You're supposed to be rich. But these same niggas that tell you you're supposed to be rich don't help you get rich. They don't do shit but tell you what you're supposed to do. You understand? And I'm done with that shit. You understand? So I'm like this. Hey, what 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 is it? What what what's the block? And I received the book, and the book is called The Blueprint. And I read the book, literally, The Blueprint for Success. And I read the book, and the book is one of the most metaphysical treatises. It it was almost akin to 12 volumes of metaphysics condensed into a paperback. And it wasn't from nobody that the proverbial melanated being, it was a uh, ascended spirit soul being that was conveying a message from the deepest part of the cosmos to me, to me and my experience and those who are connected to me, that there's nothing that stops you except for your connection to negative experiences and the negative people associated to those experiences, which are the means to all of your obstacles. So I'm like, God damn, I done learned all this stuff about the numbers and, and what this means and what that means and the origin of this and the origin of that and the, and the, and the making of this and how this man came into existence and where these beings are at. But nobody is eloquently speaking to the soul and to the consciousness connected to that soul by telling it the real deal. And this Red House is all about me speaking directly. My first approach is the power of the word. That's why I have gloves on. The Red House presentations, which will be only available through email format, to the, and this is the slick thing about it, I love technology. If you buy the Red House, you actually have to ask me permission to to share it. And so far, I've had the people who ordered the stuff have been very honorable. Many of them have taken, they honor and value how much they pay for the information, and they download it and they keep it to themselves. But people who, uh, uh, you try to send the email, say you buy the email, it, it's 20 of y'all, and y'all put $2 together to get the uh, the package. That's cool. That's cute. But when you try to send it and share it with everybody, it comes right back to me and tells me. So be honorable and think in light of this, that I don't do nothing else but what I do. I teach. I mentor the youth. And I, I, I'm a loyal list to those who are around me, my friends and my family. And I'm also a father, you understand, that that seeks to maintain a positive emotional experience with my daughter. 
and I'm on the East Coast so I can fulfill that. My daughter's birthday is a national holiday in her in her psychology, and that's the time when I get an opportunity to uplift her, her, her psychology. Let me tell you something about down south. My baby is down south. Let me tell you this very interesting thing that I now this is what I have to do when I go when I go down there using this Kabbalah and all of this stuff that I've learned. My daughter goes to a school where her teacher comes to school with a tiara on and the teacher's name, her government name is Queen. So you want my little baby, five years old, to call you a queen and you teaching her how to read, write and everything in between but neglecting the fact that her mama's a queen, her grandmama's a queen, her great-grandmama's a queen, her great-great-grandmama's a queen, and everything else. So it's a good thing that I named my daughter after a goddess. So i got to go down there to Georgia and eloquently, in uh, my little pony language to her and her, you know, what she's working with spiritually, to tell her that a goddess is greater than a queen. Queen's come and go, but goddesses live forever. And, and and print that in her psychology and do it in a festive way because children in particular take away their greatest lessons that you offer them in the form of you entertaining their psychology and being an embrace to them. And shout out to all the brothers who have children, in particular those brothers who have daughters. Because now you are in a new, you are in a new level of heaven. You heard when you have a daughter, because now your ma- your male imprint into her lasts forever in the form of mitochondria. She passes the mutation of genius, and genius can be a mutation. You heard genius can be a mutation. When you hear the word mutation. Yeah, mutant. You always like it when it's associated with X Men, but you don't understand that you can inaugurate and create and implant a mutation that is a positive one to the genus if you if you implant your talents and your interests within in the in the, in the uh, within your progeny. You understand. So if you have female progeny, that is imprinted in mitochondria forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So being a father to a daughter is one of the most significant. Well, and I, I and I always reiterate this. I watch Latin culture maintain their diligence and their dexterity in all of the um, in the American economy by maintaining an honor for 15 year old girls in the form of the quinceanera. And uh, all women who are honored at the period of when they have their menstrual cycle, what it does is it inaugurates a sense of being and upliftment within the male populace as well. Because when you're little and you want to go, you 13 or 14, 15, you want to go to the quinceanera to see the girls with them dresses on. Because then you get to put your tuxedo on your shoes on and you acting like your daddy. You understand? And you in there acting like you choosing. You understand that you in there doing the dances and your parents is letting you do the um you humping. 
you doing the humps. Yeah. You heard? You doing the humps. And oh, what it does is it, it's a rites of passage. It, it's developmental psychology. But when we don't have it in the African-American community, you know what happens? You got young ladies in the streets. They out there selling pussy. They The pussy be bleeding and they out there selling it, nigga. I'm in the streets. I see this shit every day. You, know, you don't love your daughters. You don't love your children. They going to go to the streets and get it. You understand? I'm not afraid to tell you that. You understand me? They will go to the streets and get it. They go let these little niggas run trains on them and everything else because you don't love them and you never honored them. You understand? Not once in their life. And then they become a headache to a real nigga who, who get caught up in that. Um, I've been stopped getting caught up in that vestigial beauty. You know, thank the creator that my queen that I got now is a dime, but Lord have mercy. Well, it was rough in them streets years ago. You heard? You get a dime that's on your side. You heard? You, you got to pick and choose, Jim. You got to put your pride to the side and just get a good woman. You know, right, you know what we cut? You know the cloth we come from. The only women we dealt with was women that was in the game. My first, my official, official girlfriend that everybody still remember me for was a official street woman. She was she never bought nothing. She stole everything. We stayed fly. And we always ate and we always was happy. We I was so happy, nigga. We used to dress alike. I mean, we bought the same outfit. Niggas was laughing at me. Yeah, I was so goddamn happy. Yeah, let me open up red. She go steal for me. Yeah, go ahead, boy. Red, red. (laughs) See, I ain't lying. Y'all my witness. You already know what it is. He telling it, tell it like it is, my nigga. My nigga was. You know what I'm saying? Is when match it, I I jump a jump. Yo, grinning like a cat. You understand? Grinning like a cat. And I'm going to tell you something. You know, uh, female psychology is the best thing that ever happens to male psychology. But the only way females could ever get anything out of male psychology is if they would utilize their affecting their ability to control male's, male emotion. So when the women begin to start making the initiatives to address the youth, the, the whole thing in Jersey ain't really reached the crescendo until the, um, the you know, the, the stop the violence until the mothers hit the streets, you heard? And the mothers raising their voice hit the streets and told them niggas, you ain't going to keep killing kids out here. And then this creates the dialogue with the, the, in Algeria. When the Africans in Algeria and North Africa was fighting against the uh, the French, the women would do whatever they could to 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 to, uh, to help the revolution. Many of them would take it to the streets, and then and they would just uh, zicker or make that that you know that sound that the sister and it would create confusion within the minds of the French people, create confusion, and it was uh, it was almost a, a a sense of urgency that created a, a confusion in the mind of the oppressor and and and, and stopped their their upheavals. You understand? So in those type of instances, we must monitor how we interact emotionally and not let these these uh, these women who manipulate men emotionally with outer appearances take these little brothers' emotions and abuse them, because that turns these little niggas into into vicious monsters. You you, you understand? When I was in the penitentiary, in particular, when I was in Kasaki in Gladiator School, where it was popping every day. You understand? Popping. You understand? Every day, the through line is all the same through all of them. They all got issues with mommy. 
You understand? All prisoners in the penitentiary, 99% of them got an issue with mommy. And then the issue that covers everybody, every race in jail, is that everybody's in there for a crime of poverty. So if you if you uh, 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 had to commit a crime of poverty, it means that you have an impoverished background, either emotionally or financially. So those are the areas that have to be touched. Now, because you the Negroes don't have enough unity, they're not like the Italians, they're not like the Jews, they're not like the Irish, they don't have unity, the one thing that we have to address is emotionalism. And emotionalism is the most important thing to people. Anytime I'm going to, you my witness, Red, we in Target looking for music and seeing what's relevant, I ask people, do you know about The weekend?" And people are like, no, I don't know nothing about The weekend." But we in the store in the week. Everybody else's album is up there, but The weekend album is sold out. You heard? And I'm wondering, this is a strange phenomenon. This is like a YouTube dude. You heard? He's nominated for a VMA. He has an album that's sold out. He also did something, a maverick approach. He let people listen to his album before he released it to, to tell if they liked it. If they liked it, they could buy it like that. So why is this? And I listen to lyrics, and I listen to lyrics, and, I, and I'm looking at the lyrics, and he's the only person that speaks to the primal psychology involved in relationships because everybody wants to feel and they don't even care if they feel good or bad. They just want to feel. So anytime you got a dude that's making records that he's telling the women, he's speaking about the period that's going on right now. He's telling the women, I don't care if you fuck them bums. I still love you. Just pull up. When I call you, come through. And he's singing. He's crooning it like Michael in a falsetto. You heard? So I'm like, this is ill. This is ill that... No matter how deep people want to be, we are still affected by the very primal aspects of character in our endeavor to want to be loved and embraced. You understand? It infiltrates itself. We, if we use culture as a marker or a pulse point to tell the intricacies of human psychology, we become aware that lyrics, sounds, words, as they relate to emotions, can actually guide a populace to um, their demise or their uh, success globally and socially and emotionally. So the emphasis that I, in the Red House, we speak in and we're teaching people directly in our series of correspondence courses, and you can start tonight. You can get the power of the word emailed to you tonight with a bunch of books, Q-A-B-A-L-A-G-O-D at gmail.com. If you just want the lecture and you don't want the books, send me a dub. You know what a dub is. Since 1999, and you could just get the DVD, which is less than half the cost of what it would cost if I produced it on a DVD, an actual physical one. And the reason why you can't find the power of the word on the street is because I I feel as though I owe more to the people who can get more from me if they create a connection directly with me as opposed to them going to get a copy of something that um that you know I took a hit with that uh with that presentation you know because I wasn't talking about the intricate destruction and the remanifestation and the resurrection of the death of the destruction of the melanated blackness of the blacker the blackness to the tenth power I only had a marginal short crowd of high end thinkers 
But the crowd that I needed to facilitate paying my overhead, I needed the crowd where I would have to dumb my message down and pick one of these niggas that um, act like they smart to debate with. You heard? You know, I can't do that because I really, really am sharper than these niggas on some other shit. And I'm to, now I'm tooting my own horn. And the reason being is because I'm in my house. I'm in this red house. You know, I'm living in the experiences of my of my being. I feel confident. I don't I don't have to I don't have to speak I don't have to not only point out somebody's flaw in their ideology or philosophy and then segue into their personal life. I don't have to do that to have a platform. And and none of them niggas is getting introduced to billionaires, you heard? Talking that bullshit. You understand? You feel me? None of them none of them is uh, um on the on the verge of I told you, word to my mammy, I'm going to get a Grammy. You heard? I watch. Watch. When I told niggas I was going to start rapping, they was looking at me cross-eyed. You heard? I done done conquered that. (laughs) Featured on albums, and I'm nice. And shout-out to everybody that's conscious rapping but putting streets in their bars. I don't want to hear no wizards talking like you. I was up north with Shaw 360. With the deepest niggas in the world I don't want to hear no weirds talking no deep shit to me I'm sorry I grew up a different way I need her to tell me something that's going to enamor me with confidence To make me go build her a skyscraper You feel me? Don't be telling me no science I got rock him for that You heard? Use that energy to tell me some deep stuff about the inner sanctum And the sacredness And the remove part the veil So I can peek at your nakedness and then peeking in your nakedness, it makes me a, 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 a scholar or a one who endeavors to learn many things so I can be eloquent in your presence. You heard? You feel me? You have to teach me how to feel emotionally involved in your world so I can be able to make your world comfortable. Don't be G-checking me about no science. I got niggas doing that all day. I don't want to hear that shit. You heard? And the dudes... Stop trying to make every bar blacker than black than the last bar. Talk about the little homies on the corner. You heard? Talk about the little factors that got the ratchets. You heard? That's like the, the black. I, talk about them ops. These niggas don't even know about the ops. You heard? Don't t- tell, tell me about the ops. I ain't talking about no ops, CIA ops. I'm talking about the little niggas with them things. You heard? That, that, that make it happen. That put people, to traumatize families, put you in the newspaper. Let me hear about them and what you're doing to make them better people. You heard? I don't want to hear, because other than that, that conscious rap is corny. You heard? Shout out to my homies, the the few people that I done did stuff with. Don't be asking me to do no music with you. You talking about vegetables every bar. I ain't trying to hear that shit. You heard? Shout out to my homies, um, 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 Planet Asia. From Fresno, shit, who, who represents the whole LA? He's a legend. Oh, he's a legend. Shout out to hold up. Shout out to the homies, Dynamic Certified. My my homie Pac Enzo and my man Jers, official tissue. You feel me? Oh. California vibe. They conscious. They on the front line. But you could catch them in the hood with the homies. Accept it. You feel me? Shout out to them and shout out to everybody that. Shout out to my um my 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 um my my my, my everybody. <laughs> you heard? Shout out to you know who you is. You feel me? 
you me? Shout out to all my young students, and I'm gonna tell y'all soon. I'm gonna tell you right now. There's only one or two. There's a small circle. If anything were to happen to me, a small circle that can actually teach what I teach. And one of them brothers is my brother Jermaine McKinnon. Brother Jermaine is the one who was bringing us to uh, Prince George out there in in, in uh, Prince George County, and he is um, he is a expert in Kabbalah as a result of his interaction, and he bounces stuff off of me, and I, and we interact, and my, 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 my other brother, Nick Hampton, you heard, and them, them brothers, huh, huh, if something happened to me, that's going to be the sources for information. Nick, Nick book collection is ridiculous, and he reads the book, you understand, and and you should see how my young brothers live. These They, they, ain't, they ain't crapped up in no apartments. They living in cribs, houses, taking the information and transferring it with their college education and reaping the benefits of being um, a real and about their business. You heard not no niggas follower. You understand? You see me? Yeah. Hey, shout out to the family. We at that uh, 1108 mark. Shout out to my homie AJ Farley too from the Bay and his whiz. You heard Kasika because they too. They was coming on Gates Avenue when they was coming to Gates when it was popping every weekend to get that. They was coming over there. We learning Kabbalah. Niggas get shot outside. You heard they was coming to get the information. Shout out to them. You feel me? Shout out to to Nairobi Selah who came and got classes over there years ago. You heard? Yeah. You feel me? Before I even knew she was a legend like that. Serious. You know what I'm saying? For real. And shout out to Wisdom Selah. That's the homie. Wizzy keep it one way. Wizzy get Wizzy Wizzy always was like, hey, hey, look. <laughs> Niggas over there hating. Huh? Look at them. You feel me? You know what I'm talking about? That's big Wizzy, man. Shout out to the family. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to KB. Every time I come to um, Atlanta, um, I did my best songs with the homie. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to that's like the most conscious nigga in Atlanta. Yeah, outside of Facebook, everybody everybody conscious on Facebook. You get down there. I'm looking for like the yo. Where's the love? You heard? Shout out to KB. Shout out to my little homie. That's um he he he's an uh, artist he and a manager. What? Don't do what? Shout out to KT. Don't leave don't leave KT out that conversation. Oh come on. Hold hold up. You need to you need to let me finish. I was gonna shout out my homie from that I met through K B. I mean through through um K T. Y'all call him K T. That's my little brother Kimani. You heard? Shout out to Kimani. You already know that that's that's my um that's low key, that's the heir apparent of the all this shit. He's the beast. You heard? He's smarter than all of us. Low key. Check that out. And I said it. You heard? For real. Um, he lived he lived, he lived his science. And he is Scorpio. And I watched his development and his psychology. I seen how your mother raised him and he's emotionally sound. You heard? He wasn't no abused soul. You feel me? So of course he could give back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know? I got a minute. You ready for this meditation? So let me All right, that. Find the family. All right, family. 
Getting into this meditation real quick. How many pads we on? Is he gonna come back and go to the callers? I'm gonna get through some of this law 44. Then we're gonna go to the callers. All right. So we're gonna be resonating with the sounds of Omni Padmione. Uh, perfect balance between the masculine and feminine principle. Right, family. We'll be back very, very shortly. Oh, oh, oh. 
you understand, in that respect, in that in that area. But um, you know, peace and love to uh, Dr. Blair for sharing with with us what he shared with us this evening. That was historical reference points for um, which which pushed our point home, especially as it relates to the youth. Now. I always like to, after the 11-11 hour, the reason being is because all of the dross is gone. Everything that can't hang out and that can't run the full lap uh, who or who get offended by the intentional ratchetness, they won't be able to uh, listen to what we're speaking about now unless they, um, unless they go get it out of the archives. But many people are asking me, uh, what does the Red House have to do with anything and some people are asking what is it is it because people's reference for words have everything more so to do with what is um presented to them in the realm of popular culture it's very popular in the states in America for people to embrace the ideologies of freemasonry it's even more popular to be a hater of Freemasonry. People have even made a living off of that and are still doing so. And whoever makes a living off of being an anti-Mason is actually a Christian and because that was uh, inaugurated by a, a Christian movement to um, to destroy Masonry and is really created by excommunicated Christian Masons. So it's very interesting, you know, that history does not happen in a vacuum and that everything happens for a reason. So when people say, hey, when you're talking about the Red House, what are you talking about? Well, I took an oath to Freemasonry. And uh, and, and my oath, I, I, I also, de- you know, decreed that I would not um, tell any secrets, but then I found out in Freemasonry it's almost impossible to tell a Masonic secret, especially to someone who is a non-Mason because they won't understand uh, nor be able to uh, walk away from the experience with anything meaningful if you were to tell them degree work. I mean, it's absolutely, it's just fun to keep the degree a secret, but the underlying clauses and underlying principles of Freemasonry are universal to all psychology. And all psychology needs tools and apparatuses to advance itself within the physical world. Whatever you want to call it is up to you. But Freemasonry is nothing more than the actual word to, to describe an intentional use of symbol to format psychologies, and it's very much the uh, the child of an uh, uh, of Al Islam. Freemasonry is more Islamic than it is um, Christian, and it's more Jewish, uh, or excuse me, or Hebraic than it is uh, Islamic in many respects as well, because you open up in Masonic form, biblically, however, the um, many of the undertones and the inner the inner sanctum of it and the, the process of 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 the circumambulation it draws from the uh, the Islamic narrative, in particular the Mavlavi uh, 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 Sufi movement and all of the things that have influenced Mavlaviism and Rumi. The Rumi of their era and their whole ritual work in there. And, and another element of their work is that one of the key officers of the lodge plays instruments, where in Freemasonry, the uh, one of the key officers of the lodge is, uh, uh, envisaged as the sun in the form of the, um, the, the man sitting in the east. He's the one who officiates the circumambulation and and and, and you know and uh, of like and whatever. But when that people say, uh, "Hey, Rashi, you talking about red masonry?" 
And I'm like, um, well, I'm a postmodern artist and a teacher. If you think I'm talking about that, then approach it. Knock on the door if that's what you're looking for. And I guarantee you'll find far more than what you were looking for. But I'm actually talking about to erase the the the, the, uh, the, 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 the misconception. I'm talking about the will to power. I'm talking about the the most apparent and the relevant uh, light rays that we are exposed to. I'm talking about the one that touches your primal instinct. You know, I'm talking about what makes a bull run towards a matador. You heard? I'm talking about the most important thing, that which is first. Before you become a, um, you know, everybody outside has to wear their political, moral mask to say what they're down with and what they're not down with. The Red House, we're above all of that. We're above all of that. The information that people will re- will be proliferated with, those who um, who seek to see what it is. What are you talking about? I'm going to show you. You know, anybody that know my information and who know me, I've, I'm in a constant um um desire to change and reinaugurate and create new things and new 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 movements and new 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 agendas and and and, and settle uh, uh, old accounts with with new concepts and let me tell you something the red house is dealing with the primary clauses of reality the ones that tell you that it's all right to feel any way you want as long as you're not feeling negative about yourself and creating obstacles in your surrounding. And the only way to do that is to have a distinct and a a, a, a body of literature that only someone who has had those experiences is able to walk you through. So people who are interested, I, I, can, I have proven that I can speak about virtually anything that deals with uh, metaphysics or as it relates to world culture or archetypes or symbols of that sort, so I, I I've been um, I, I've been lucky enough to have multiple presentations on multiple levels and all be able to tie them in. So uh, another interesting find in my study that I found that is that you can't escape your sensory perception. Your sensory perception almost acts as a prison for your consciousness. It tells your consciousness how to to react to certain external stimuli. And one thing that I've I've found that science never explains this uh aspect of consciousness because the religion is in the way of science. And one of the things that I've noticed that it, it closely relates to what I'm saying is if any of you have ever witnessed that test that they do where they test the, the, the black children and they put a white doll and a black doll in front of the babies and they say, hey, which doll is pretty? Now, no one ever analyzed what the word pretty means to the part of the psychology or the mind that processes color. So how can you tell a child, how can you put a black ch- a doll and a white doll in front of children and the child picks out the one that they feel is pretty? Well, it may not be their consciousness because when you're little, you don't have a context for what's b- b- pretty or beauty because pretty and beauty 
are um are kind of words that are, are overly saturated with sexual connotes, and children are not preoccupied. They, they 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 what you perceive to be vanity in children is really just their upbringing, what their parents have imbued upon them. But let me tell you something. The reason why the children predominantly pick up the quote-unquote white doll, the white doll is really not white because white people ain't really white. They have hues of red in their skin and primal, the primal, the lowest part of you, in your primal being instinct is attracted to the color red. Now, why, why do you think it was so easy to sell Slavics? We, the word slave comes from Slavic. It was nature has endowed psychology with limits. There are limits imposed in nature. And what I'm telling people is for years they've been blaming our little babies or saying that the babies hate themselves. Now, we know that there's such thing as people saying they want to be white or they wish they had a different texture of hair, but that is a secondary thing that comes from culture and your interaction with your children, what is it that naturally want to, no child is born naturally wanting to, to, I didn't have a television in my house till I was seven years old, so what was the excuse for people wanting to adopt um, certain cultural um, inclinations? It was, it's, it's your parents give that to you in what they speak around you and what they do around you. So I don't care how black your mom and daddy was and how much they tried to entrench you with all that. If they were still keeping up with the Joneses and keeping up with the with the fashions of the world, it's going to have an effect on your psychology. My point is that all these years they've been telling these little children that the reason why they're picking the white doll is because they hate themselves and their parents are negative and there's too many white people on TV, and that's not the case. It deals with the mind's ability to access Consciousness based off of the external stimuli pressed impressed upon it through the primal effect over sensory perception. You naturally are attracted to anything that has the color red in it. And we're putting things back in perspective by asking the whys. We're not in the post-event talking about everybody's negative and mad and stupid and dumb because they do this. You're dumb because you're a Muslim. You're dumb because you're a Christian. You're dumb because you eat vegetables. You're dumb because you eat chicken. That is low-level science. That is the uh, argument amongst the um, the, the less. Them is not even gods. In fact, if they want to be God, they could be gods. I don't want to be God no more if that's what God is about. I'm I'm going beyond God. The Red House is where we make gods. The Red House is where we make agendas, where we make teams. We don't even play, we don't play games in the Red House. We make games for other people to play in the Red House. You heard? That's what I'm interested in. You feel me? That's what I'm interested in, interested in those like minds because they're not the ones hemming and hawing about money. You know, any nigga that complain about you wanting to receive payment for the sweat of thy face and you have given people important and significant information to help change their life and you think that that shit is free, I wonder what you, I wonder the, I wonder why, how your mind is formatted. You go in the store and you pay for poison. You give, you give people that you don't know, that you don't like, you give them X amount of money every month to live <clears throat> within small quarters to live above, next to, and over people, you know, under people. So <clears throat> don't tell me that 
you can't invest in your psychology. In fact, I don't even want to have no conversation about people that don't want to invest in their psychology because I'm actually placing a obstacle in the way of the people who do want to, who need the information, and they don't want me to keep talking about your dumb ass. So the Red House entails the infrastructure for our ongoing because uh, um, uh, many people can, I can serve the populace better if I can streamline my info and get right to you via I'm sending you a DVD in its in totality. You know my editing game is sick for a self-taught editor and artist. You know my editing game, I'm film game, I'm the hood Kubrick with it. And, you know, you're getting all of that, and you're getting it directly. You don't have to wait for the prolonged process. People understand the process of creating a DVD presentation, taking large formatted film, um, uh, edit, editing it, rendering it, make it, making sure the sound is right, putting things in perspective in, in the shoot, color correction. It takes sometimes, when you look at the end of a movie, you see over 150 names of people who have something to do with it. When you look at our DVDs, it's just one name. So how do you think people is doing all this? Don't tell me because you just point the camera at them and that's it. it. It should be easy. That shit is not easy to market information, to te- tell a blind pe- man that he can't. Tell a blind man that, yo, hey, you're really not blind, homie. You can see, but you got to see in the spirit. And he's fixated on um, feeling like he don't have or he don't have enough. You can't teach that. It's like teaching somebody <clears throat> that think that they can see that they're blind. They're going to say, you bugging. I'm not blind. I can see. But they can't really see. You know? So my endeavor is to get closer to those who matter. So the red house, each of the chambers in the red house entail, each floor, huh? <laughs> You see, it has within it uh, corpuses of information that has been uh, that has always been the uh, platform for all of these people who are standing on them arguing. You know, everybody wants to find a point of conjecture between someone else's thought process or what they believe to be true. But at the end of the day, everybody is paying rent. The same people, you know, buying the same poison from the same people. You know, and we all sit there. It's cognitive dissonance at its at its best. You know what I'm saying? And we're just tired of it over here. I'm tired of wasting my time and effort with people who don't understand, trying to force me to speak about irrelevant shit that don't have nothing to do just because just they just to entertain this new demographic of people who are who 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 are the scene, not even as students but as onlookers and, like, these um, finger pointers, I'm going to call them. You know, you got to hear the conversations, the shit come when the shit comes back. People talking about, um, yeah, they don't talk about the information. They get together and talk about who who they like. I don't like uh, Rashid. Rashid think he knows something with them crackers science. He think that my, my teacher been known that. Rashid don't know nothing. Rashid is ratchet. You know, I don't like uh, this one. This teacher think he arrogant. Oh, he's a woman hater, this teacher or that teacher. Or this teacher, you know, uh, he needs to read the new books on the new information. You got a whole, you got niggas that that start their career 
trying to correct the masters. <laughs> oh, that shit is crazy to me. <laughs> oh, shit. You sit, they make a whole career about telling grown ass men that's in their 90s that they made a mistake. <laughs> you had it all wrong, my nigga. I'm going to tell you where. Yeah, talk about I can show you where you got this wrong. Uh, uh, you know that is yo that is so hilarious. Yeah. To me. This shit is what they call it reality TV. It's reality TV. It's reality TV. Yeah. Very quickly, let me open up Red's line. I got some hands up in the call queue. Um, right. I just want to run through some of these these connections I was able to make by doing some investigation. Um, yeah. Hello. Yeah. All right. I'm here. Hi, Boo. Ah, that's right. Good God. My dude right there, man. Can't wait for his life. For real. Good. Like said, huh? Hey, little baby. Little baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I think I think that, uh, Dr. Blair wanted to give out his number, but if he's not oh, on yeah. the line, I'll give it out real quick to the family. Yeah. I don't know if anybody yeah. else. Experiencing any phone issues mm-hmm. on this tonight? But um, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, you know, yes, sir. Okay, I didn't know. I was listening. All right. Well, I wanted to give out a number. It's a teleconference number tomorrow at two fifteen Chicago time. I think you guys are an hour ahead of me, so that would be, I guess, that would be what three fifteen uh, there. Or so, but anyways, two fifteen Chicago time. I'm going to be interviewing a brother who's a truck driver, black brother who's a truck driver, who went into the inner world and didn't even know he took the wrong turn, wound up in the inner world, and he is so elated. And the stuff he wants to talk about, I have to give him voice to hear it. So if you can tune into that one, I think you'll find it absolutely amazing. And it's going along with some of these other things about these government installations in the ground and where they lead to and this kind of thing. So the number, and it's free, the number is 267-507-0240, and the access code, if you want to speak or you want to listen in, is 279-776. Let me give this again slowly. 267-507-0240, and the access code 279 Seven seven six, and that would be at two fifteen uh, Chicago time. And I want to thank you very much again for me crash in there. I want to thank you very much, and I wanted to hear what was being said because I want to—I might be older in age, but I'm still young in mind. And consequently, okay. I wanted to hear what was said. And so, Brother Red, I thank you. Brother Rashid, I thank you. Hopefully, again, you also will tune in, and I think you'll find the things that are happening now absolutely amazing as this planet is going to go upward and it's going to reveal everything that's been hidden. Even when they don't want you to have it, if the Creator wants you to have it, it's yours. 
So I thank you very much. Oh, and I had one other thing. I wanted to do the uh, creator prayer. You know, I was saying before, if the people would say this, uh, as I've told them for many, many, many times, to just say this at least once a week or once a day or whenever you can again. And that's the Universal Prime Creator's Prayer. It's, please, Universal Creator, know in my heart that I love you. Please protect me and this planet on which I live now. Please open my mind, my spirit, and my soul to receive only truth and your love now. Thank you so very much, brothers, for letting me share part with you again. And I hope all of us will continue to believe in the Creator, and the Creator will definitely bless us all. Thank you. Well, thanks, brother. Yes, indeed. So we do have some hands up in the call queue. Yo, shout out to my man Morpheus. Shout out to Morpheus in Atlanta, the brother that, that this brother is a Kabbalist as well. And he invited me to his to his home, and this brother was very, very cordial to me, open to what I have to offer him and his entire family. And that brother is a serious Scorpio, for real, for real. You heard? That's the homie, you know? No doubt. Another brother I met through KT. And and the little homie um, from Track Formers, the one, you know, when I played the A-Train song, you know, the the yellow, the Golden Pharaoh, you heard? Yeah. That's the, his artist, the, the, the brother who manages him. You heard? He's an artist in, uh, what you call it? You know, and I met him through KT as well. Official yeah. brothers. You feel me? The only inbox to me, too. We got some beats on yeah. here. Shout out, shout out to the family. The family, real quick, let me just run you through this law 44 thing that I just picked up on, you know, um, before we get to the callers. All right? So, <clears throat> last Monday, I believe, I released the um, the first part of an article called Road to Damascus. Okay, the family can find it on, on Facebook, on my page, on Paul Marlin's page. And in that particular breakdown, I was pointing out the similarities to uh, a prophecy that was brought forth in Isaiah 17, and what it speaks about. And I also pointed out the fact that Damascus equals the number 444, and the root of that word, Damascus, dam, equals 44. Okay, 44 is blood, 444 is generations, which speak about the bloodline, the continuation of that particular blood. And, um, you know, we spoke on it, and, and, and some things pretty much changed um, that night. Monday night, I believe, is when the Russians uh, publicized that they had made some sort of offer. You know, it was, it was a, uh, a non-military engaging offer. You know, pretty much it was a political game of chess, and we saw the leader of the free world, Barack Hussein Obama, the 44th president, get outmaneuvered by the Russian president. Okay, all of this has significance for the narrative that's taking place that we can only understand if we use the law of 44 as a key to read this. Now, I told the family that the word Syria, okay, in Gematria, we're using three different systems of Gematria um, to, to, to render these particular conclusions. I was using the English Gematria, which is a six count, more more so called the uh, the Greek count system, uh, the Jewish gematria, and simple gematria is counting where A is one and B is two, and things of that particular nature. All right, and when we added up Syria 
we came up with the number 432, which is a number that we have been speaking about since Blueprint 322, because 432 is also the the number that um, resonates with the word hip-hop. Okay, it also resonates with the word world. So, again, I spoke about why we see world star hip-hop as such a branded, you know what I'm saying, entity, because they weave in that particular number, you know what I'm saying, in, into it. It's like hip-hop to the second power, okay? And um, 432 also represents the little dipper. It represents the bear, Ursa Minor, okay? So you have Ursa Minor, Russia, coming and saving Syria, and they both share the same energy of the number 432, all right? So I, I stepped back because that was the 12th anniversary of 9-11, all right? And the significance of it being, you know, if 12 represents cycles and this country is supposed to be interlocked with a war on terror, a war on terrorists, a war with Islam, a crusade or what have you, and the commander-in-chief represents the highest officer in that particular war, okay, that's the commander, that's the person that's on the field leading all of the troops. You know what I'm saying? If that person is taking the L, if that person, that figurehead has taken the L on a public stage, on a public platform, on the eve of the 12th cycle of celebration of this particular whole incident that brought forth this war, then what does that say about not only, you know, that particular leader, but the country in which that particular leader is leading? And my premise is that we're looking at a lot of things that are straight out of the Bible. They're biblical in a context in which we all share a space with a reality that's influenced heavily by all things biblical, irregardless of how you feel about it, okay? You still are heavily influenced by these particular things. So even when we go to a revelation such as uh, Daniel's prophetic vision of the four beasts, you go to Daniel 7, and you see that, you know, in the first year of the Belshazzar king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lay in his bed. Then he wrote down the dream, and he told us some of the matter. Daniel declared, I saw my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and the four great beasts came up out of that sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Then as I looked, his wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. And the mind of man was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second one, like a bear. It was raised up on one side. And it had ribs in its mouth between its teeth. Now, there's a lot of different ways, I guess, to interpret that. People are going to be able to take away from it what they see and what have you. But as I was putting together the first part of the Law of 44, and I was using the bearer's blood, and the character's name was Daniel, and he was talking about Paul the prophet. You know, all of these synchronicities, to me, you know what I'm saying, somewhat weave into the same tale. And when I'm looking at his description of a lion, a Leo, who had eagle's wings, you know what I'm saying, and I'm looking at the seal of the president, and the president standing next to it, I clearly see what they're talking about, right? And that whole aspect of them being on the sea, you know, and then the bear coming and, and deflating, you feel me? The first beast, you know, we are pretty much witnesses of things that have biblical imp 
expectations and they also have catastrophic results to them because when the leader of a free world is no longer useful to the people that is quote-unquote leading or the corporation in which he serves, then that leader stands to be removed. That leader stands to be fired, okay? So we're looking at a battle on epic proportions. And like I said, if we're celebrating this 12-year anniversary, you know, the the person that set that off, George Bush, you know what I'm saying, when he set it off, he said that he was engaged in the Crusades, okay? He said he was engaged in the Crusades. So what's two sides of the Crusades? You have Rome, okay, you have the Popes, and you have the Rome, you have the Crusaders, the Jesuits, what have you, and then you have the Moors, you know, everyone else that they wanted to expose when the Moors fell from their grace. So... Normally, people would typify this as, you know, the battle between Europe and Africa or a white man versus a black man. But we have this very compelling fight coming up this weekend, one of the biggest fights, biggest promoted fights, you know what I'm saying? And it's epic for many reasons. But in regards to or in its relationships to the number 44, it's a, 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 it's a showdown of, of untold proportions. There's never been a 44 ringing this truth. Because you have Mr. 44, you have Floyd Mayweather, who rocks a record of 44-0, who got his last win, his 44th win on May 4th when he uh, put to rest the, the, the aspirations and the ambitions of Roberto Guerrero, who wanted to be that coveted, you know, first person to beat Floyd. He took an L, Floyd got his 44th win. So he has this unblemished record of 44-0. Then you have this individual named Saul Canelo Alvarez, all right? So here we are, you know, talking about Syria and Damascus, and we're talking about the road to Damascus, and we understand the story of the road to Damascus was Saul, a Roman soldier with Jewish roots, I believe, um, was on his road. He was on his way to Damascus. And he had a vision of Christ in the sky, and Christ knocked him off the horse, and what have you, and blinded him, and he became, he became Paul. You know, he he, he transformed. Okay, so that's Scorpio energy. You know what I'm saying? He transformed into this character called Paul, and Paul is attributed with giving the world what is known as Pauline Christianity, what the whole world is living with right now is a version that was created, as it is told, by Paul. Okay, a lot of tenets of Christianity that we think, you know, were mainstays of it were not. They were brought forth by, you know, the, the ministries of Paul, who pretty much kicked off his ministries in 44 AD. So when we look at both of these characters, like I said, directly at Canelo, you can see that, you know, he's a crusader. He's a Spaniard. He has European features. His ESPN article, um, which came out, hit newsstands, uh, I think, a week or two weeks ago. You know, they have some quotes listed about his popularity back to Mexico. He's like a rock star back home, you know what I'm saying? And we know about the Mexicans, you know, those that have that African descent but love their connections to all things European. So he's praised and, and looked upon as a, um, you know, a god of sorts his European features. You know what I'm saying? He pretty much looks directly like a Roman. All right? 
And as the brother Red Pill has come forth with his Trayvon Martin breakdowns and spoke about the relationships with uh, the Roman gentry, the Spaniards, you know what I'm saying? The Latinos over here, they will be fighting that war in which they put together. You know, for him, he represents that crusader. So Saul is crusading on the road to Damascus, okay, to do battle with number 44, Mr. 44. So you would think that Mayweather was being personified by Obama representing this particular tale because Canelo was working out and practicing for this fight in Big Bear, Big Bear, California, the same place that you found them cornering um, Christopher Dorner recently, okay? And when you take Christopher uh, Dorner, Christopher Jordan Dorner, I think his name is, and we take initially the CG and the DG44 as well, all right? So he's also a 44 resonator. And he has 44 connections that run through that story as well. I'm going to post some pictures at some point in the family to see because all of it is, is detailed and laid out. So you got this person that's coming from Big Bear with the energy of the bear, ruby red hair, okay? So that's more a uh, bear than gorilla. Then you got him going against Mayweather, like I said, Mr. 44. This, uh, you know, re- repping his legacy or what have you. But I put it through Gematria. I'm like, okay, let's see what we get from these two individuals' names. Let's strip it down and really see who it is we're dealing with because they're promoting it like it's prophetic, you know what I'm saying, like it's real biblical. Who's the one is the whole promotional campaign? Like I said, in Mexico, they consider this dude godlike. He's like a Christ. And we know even amongst our community, you know, Floyd Mayweather is a god. So we're talking about archetypes here, more so than just people. We're talking about the energy that these people encompass and what they represent, all right? He's not just the homie. He's the world champion, okay? He's the baddest black man on the planet, all right? That's what he represents. He is, his, the, his head is the head of a king, a moral all right? And then you got homie, this crusader, like I said. But when you add up Floyd Mayweather Jr., okay, when you add up Mayweather Jr., you get the number 354, now, when I put it through the calendar, um, this particular system that, that I'm using, they kick off a whole consortium of words that add up to that particular number, which is 354, all right? One of the words in which to resonate with the same energy as Mayweather is the archangel, okay? So he comes up with that 354 number as well. But the next word this listed, and I'm going to post this for the family to see it for themselves. The next word that's listed that equals that particular frequency is Obama is finished. You know, we're looking at Floyd Mayweather, and he represents that particular energy. He may appear to represent that energy but he does not necessarily represent that energy. But when we go to Canelo, we put Canelo's name in account. Under Saul Canelo Alvarez, when we count his whole name out, we get the number 228. Now, what does the number 228 mean? 228 also resonates with the word Baruch, 
Barak, or blessed, okay? So we know that that word, the etymology of the word blessed means blood sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? And it also means, um, it's the, uh, it's the God of Jacob, the God of Yaqub, which, which points to a, um, a cool connection, you know, with him, with the red hair and Esau and, and Jacob having that whole biblical tale about the struggle that they went through and what have you. So, like I said, this particular battle could be an interesting one because it has a clear connection to the resonance of what we just saw took place in terms of the loss that Barack Hussein Obama just took on the political uh, platform or the political stage or the political boxing ring. You know, he got outmaneuvered and he got outboxed by this Russian president. You know what I'm saying? And pretty much, you know, that black guy is not only one that would be shared by him, but it will have global ramifications in terms of this particular country's political standing and how it's viewed in the world, how people are now going to go about treating it. So, you know, that already speaks to the fact that there have to be consequences felt from the very top. So the three stages of the life of the king is the making of a king, the hatred of a king, and the replacing of a king. Okay? So like I said, I um got a whole presentation that's laid out, you know what I'm saying, a bunch of slides and also a whole lot of bunch of other synchronicities and what have you. Uh the day after we presented our last Law forty four, which was the um was the master one on September 11th, I saw three different articles, you know what I'm saying, a point to these particular synchronicities. And all three of them deal with yellow buses or buses, okay? 44 killed as bus plunges into river. That was in Guatemala. 44 killed in collision of two buses in Iran. Eight taken to hospital after I-44 school bus crash. All of on the same day or day in between. And like I said, when we did the program with Will 77, and he spoke about blackjack, he spoke about bus represents the number 22. So you go to the Dark Knight, okay, with the Joker, all right, played by Heath Ledger, who was born on 4-4, same way that the World Trade Center was inaugurated and opened up on 4-4-73, you know what I'm saying? And when you look at the new construction of the World Trade Center with the one tower, if you see it from the aerial views, it's two boxes sitting on each other. It's a, you know, so, you know, two squares for that matter, should I say, you know. And um, it's the double square, which is 44. But like I said, when we go back to, when we go back to a bus, that's like blackjack. Blackjack is 21, a bus is 22. And when you go to that first scene, the bank robbery scene in Dark Knight, and you watch that bus coming out, District 22, you remember, like I said, you make that connection with that number 22 path, 22 path, you make that connection with the Joker, all right? So when the Joker, when the president has now become the Joker, like I said, it's, 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 it's almost time. You can almost hear the, you hear the bells ringing, you know, in the world. For the people of this particular country, especially those that are emotionally invested in the presidency, you know, in the legacy of this particular man, 
they got to ask yourself, you know, what is like post Obama going to be like, just even on the political scene? You know what I'm saying? So, that's my piece for tonight, dealing with that particular number and that energy, you know, for the family that's calling up their bookies and putting some bread on uh, on Mayweather. I say, trust this, it's going to be a bloody one. That much I know. Money May is going to win. Money May is going to win. Money May, Money May is going to put a head out. You heard? Check that out. Okay. For real. Yeah. We could bet, my nigga. It's not about betting. I'm just bringing attention. The ritual is taking That's the ritual. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Money May going to win. But, you know, that signals the end for the competition. But homie already took the L, so it is what it is. Let me open up Red's line. Call up from the 347650. Peace. Red. All right, so we got a few seconds left on the on the call line, on the live line, 347-637-2135. 347-637-2135 is calling number. Still got some hands up in the call queue. And you take about two or three of these callers and you're going to call me tonight. All right? So let me go to the first caller. Caller from the 202-699. Caller. Caller from the 202-699. Caller. Please. Caller from the 202-699. Peace. They probably listening, King. All right. Let me go to caller from the 757-757-270-757. Caller, peace. Hotel. Hotel. Okay. Uh, I was tuning in. Um, I really appreciate the show tonight. I just felt like, you know, Dr. Double Blair should have got paid more homage. You know, he's one of the pioneers, one of the four founding fathers in the game, and I was just, like, surprised he was up here again tonight. So I told him last time he was on the show, and y'all surprised me tonight, you know? That's the show. That's the big homie, you know what I'm saying? He was hanging out with the family, and, um, you know, you know where it's at. Yeah. things I, I, I listened through the entire program this evening 
and I'm gonna tell you a couple things that really resonated with me and in your passionate presentation that you gave tonight. The one in which you spoke about, you know, you dealing with people who have a lot of money. Now, and what I'm about to say is something I normally don't. I don't really talk about this. You got to be in my uh, circle of people. But people don't really recognize how I've moved and how I've done a lot of things in this community. And when you spoke to that, it really, you know, kind of jilted me into even speaking about uh, being around a lot of money. Like people don't recognize and they they want and they talk that craziness about, yo, yo, you use a white dude or you, you acting white and all that other stuff when you hear that in your community. It's kind of disturbing at times because you move in a specific fashion. For instance, a lot of people don't recognize that I sat on the community board in Manhattan rolling with C. Virginia Fields. A lot of people don't know that Manhattan Borough President. People do not know that I had art and sculptures at, um, you know, the, 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 the sculpture of the bull, the guy who sculpted that, his name is Arturo Di Matto from Italy. His uh, studio... Is downtown in Soho. I was the only person of hue when all those uh, artists from Nantucket had their artwork in there. I was the only person of hue with sculptures of pure, unadulterated Africanism in that joint. When mm. I was doing going up to Connecticut, uh, politicking with people with millions. Well, people, I don't speak about this. I've been in places that I don't even talk about it. This is probably the first time I'm talking it on on a live broadcast. But when you spoke to how you move and you make moves and how you speak and articulate yourself and people put these kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, titles on you and all that stuff, it resonated with me. Mel, I just want to say I, I appreciate what you said, and that's the only reason why I'm mentioning it, because it resonated with me, it touched the bone, because I'm like, yeah, you know, a lot of people don't know, I've been around the world, you know what I mean, several continents, I, I even followed, and I, another thing that you, I, I like what you said, and then I'm glad you uh, addressed it, was the disrespectful nature of a lot of the human organisms that's walking on this planet, when they uh, mm -hmm. try to be disrespectful to the elders, and how they put down uh, scholarship, even if you did, you mm. could disagree with somebody, but don't be disrespectful to the scholarship because mm. those people put down a lot of work on this planet. And the one thing that you were saying, that it, mm. I, it reminded me, I remember years ago, my mother took us in the 80s. She she got us into Dr. Ben, and Dr. Ben said, whenever you travel, make sure you walk with, um, you know you know, school supplies and stuff like that and you give it, you know, and bring it to the, uh, uh, you know, the children so they can do that. And that's what I started doing. I, I went to Cambodia by myself, no tour, no nothing. And I went in there, and I came there, half of my suitcase was nothing but school supplies, pencils, and all that. And then, but the people over here was like, well, yo, golf, there's people over here that need it too. I said, yo, I got you. Because there's a mm -hmm. brother, only, only black brother, his name, brother's name is Steven, he has a watch line, black brother that builds watches here in New York. And a lot of people don't know about him. The name of his watch line is Nakiru. People don't recognize that I sponsor people. I sponsor, put money in the, in the children. He's teaching children in the, kid, the communities in Brooklyn. That's why I saw him. I went to Brooklyn, put money into his program, 
to sponsor one of his children so they learn how to build the science of horology so they understand how to manipulate time from the ground up. You know what I mean? Mm. So when you said that, you really, I was really resonating with that energy because a lot of that, I mean, I, I don't run and do a lot of the lectures and out on the scene like uh, like yourself and many and red and blue, but a lot of that same energy I do get when I'm out in the field for the type of work that I do do. And and another thing, and last, and I'll let somebody else chime in. Uh, I really appreciate the fact that you spoke to that to the red color. I just want to add on to the color that you, the reason why also people resonate with that. The reason why that, that color red. People don't recognize that the color red <clears throat> is oxygen. And part of the reason why red and people uh, um, are, are attracted to red is because oxygen or the color red is a part of the creation story. And the mm. creation story, red, yellow, and green. What do I mean? <clears throat> when you look at the planet's aurora and when the solar winds hit the mm. earth, and create the auroras, you will notice that at a specific level in the Earth's ionosphere, <clears throat> it creates different colors. So when you see the color green, that's oxygen. You're looking at it at a specific uh, height in the sky. When it's at mm. the highest level, red, you see the color red, and that is a level of oxygen. So you, the, you get red, yellow, and green. Red would represent... <clears throat> uh, 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 you, you get the levels of um, uh, that's like a nine and six kind of a ordeal. Uh, well, actually, it's nine six nine when you're dealing with ye red, yellow, and green because green is ninety degrees, red deals with one hundred and eighty degrees, which is nine, and that yellow is is sixty degrees. So it's nine six nine when you're dealing with those when you're dealing with the color game, which is the reason why plants are green. Plants are green because of the oxygen level, and that's how it. It rocks when you look at the aurora. So when we look at when you're looking at the color red, and the reason why we look at white people in the way we do, because we can see that color red, because we're dealing with the higher consciousness consciousness of oxygen, and that's how we breathe, and that's why um, every time you stop at a at a stoplight, you recognize your they, the stoplight probably was created unconsciously, or maybe the individuals. The individual, the brother that created the, the light system understood this, but um, you, you, everything we see in terms of color are recreating re, uh, our creation stories. So we kind of follow that tempo of a, a creation story. So we kind of go with it. don't know why. It's just it's oxygen. It's a creation story. So I just wanted to share that with the family because I found your, your, your uh, presentation tonight uh, very move, moving and it, it prompted me to call in and just share that. That's right. Appreciate you, King. All right. Hold on. No, we had to get you one in there. Hey, right, brother Dahl. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let the world know. And the brother, brother, just giving me some profound information pertaining to the number forty-four as well. 
you know. So I definitely want to thank you for that. Oh, no question. I I I I I'm working on something really historical that hasn't been seen on this planet before. Um, That's right. I love that. Uh, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna tell you something. It, it, it's in relation to that 13 I was talking to earlier on, and I can assure you, what I'm working on is so profound. It has not been seen before. I'm tightening up the presentation right now because I'm going to physically walk people through it. I'm, I'm, I really want to be able to express to people because I'm attacking shape and geometry. Everything y'all talking about now. We're gonna talk about pie. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm saying right now that the way we've looked at the formulation pie, what we know as it, as now is it a 3.14, but in Egypt they say 3.16, in Babylonia they say 3.125. All these different formations of pie. I'm gonna be attacking that as well as phi. I'm gonna be attacking that. I'm gonna be touching on things that have not, or at least I have not to this point heard people um, attack it or look at it from this perspective. So I've spent the whole year since I, I came back from Peru last year, I spent the whole year breaking things down and going into a transient state and been very quiet, kind of pushing people away so I can get into a kind of a, a, a Mayweather's tunnel focus zone to understand certain things. And I'm going to really be breaking down some really – I, at least I feel, are profound um, things, talking about human domestication, uh, given a different perspective that people may not have paid attention to. So I'm really excited, and I can't wait to bring it to, of course, the KTL family. Um, the name of the presentation, I'll tell you right now, is called Pure Unadulterated Naga Business. We're going to get to that Naga because I'm going to say some things about the Naga so you can understand uh, this uh, kind of an interesting perspective make people think. I'm, I'm, I want to stimulate people's brains to kind of. It's going to be different than what they've heard, and that's what I want. I want to to think. I want people that's to think. Right. You know. That's right. Yes, sir. All right, big brother, you know what I'm saying we're definitely going to form a family when you have that presentation ready. Be ready to push yes, the button. All right. Yes, sir. Definitely. Hey. Okay, we got one last caller in the call queue. We're going to go to this caller right now. All right. In the 860-680-860 caller. Hey. Hello. How are you doing? All is well, brother. Um, I kind of tuned in late. What's tonight's discussion, brothers? I was listening in and I was like talking about it. How long did you tune in? I don't know what you missed in regards to what I need to tell you what you went on. Well, okay, well, I asked the question, um, depending on who's there. Is Rashid still there? Yeah. Yes. Um, so now um, you. Now you could do like say that like you're you're the expert in the Kabbalah Kabbalism. You're now able to do the classes now online now for like certain months now, from what I'm hearing, Rashid? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. 
And with with the classes, is like, do people like ask questions while you're actually live, or this is like um, a taping? Like, well, like well, I mean, it's gonna, it, it consists of uh, pre-recorded lessons that involve uh, various levels of uh, mysticism and, and metaphysics as it pertains to Kabbalah. And um, it's a systematic approach that over a series of uh, several months, you'll be able to, um, you know, have a no longer just a general understanding, but a full topical one, you know. And I'm also offering people certificates. It's a bunch of incentives involved in it. And it, it's more efficient for me because I don't have to worry about reallocating all of my time and attention to frivolity, I could just de- dedicate it fully to my student body, you know? Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, a more efficient method of, of sending the presentations and um, more important, you know, just take advantage of the opportunity present in the form of the technology because there's so many brothers and sisters all over the world who would love to come to lectures, but the lecture days are over because uh, you know people. It's not. It's no longer. Um, it's it's no longer really popping like that. You know, for lectures because uh, people just want to. You know, they want to come out and see other things. They don't want to get that. You know, it's you know. So I'm just going. I'm just keeping it real and tall with mm-hmm. and with that reality, you know what I'm saying? And just, you know, making an effort to reach those who who want the info. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, one thing, um, Pills, because I did went to the um week they would have called the West End Day Parade in New York. And I, I missed it last year and I, I tell you when I went down there Juvie night to the parade, I swear it, the atmosphere just changed. Over two years ago, the last year I, I missed it because I had like a series of issues. And I went this year. It just don't. It's so different now. I say, wow, what happened? I don't know if they just locking things down now. I mean, because one time up here where we we are in New England, particularly in Connecticut, where actually from what one people told me, it, it was the originators that start the Western Indian Parade. Um, pulled a lot of money where where I'm at, but since like the last three. At least three years, it just starts to slow down, slow down, and, you know, I don't know if it's going to be non-existent. I don't know if they're just shutting things down now, everywhere now, regardless to black people, you know, conjuring and any sort of fun activity. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I, 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 my, I went with my little brother this year, and, mm-hmm. him, and his, him and his little homies, they complained about it. They didn't like it because they, they go often. But when years ago... When I went as a child, when my mother took me, it used to be off the chain. It was like stampedes. People would run on top of you. You know, it used to be crazy. I mean, there's a bunch of serious transitions that happen and occur in New York culture, and it's all based off of politics, and more importantly, it's based off of uh, civic legislation. So there's far more of, of a, like, a police presence. What we... What we think is they locking it down is them inaugurating a presence to facilitate it. But it's let me tell you something. The West Indian brothers and sisters here in New York will never let them dead the parade. West Indians are not no. like Nick. You know, they're not niggers. Niggers mm. don't care. Nick, 
niggas will smoke a brownstone, crack and crack cocaine. You heard? You know, um, our, our brothers and sisters from the West Indies didn't come over here to become niggers. They came over here to to um, to create and generate financial opportunity for themselves and improve yeah. the conditions of the country. So they they didn't have the um, the unfortunate um, uh, uh, experience of being denuded denuded so much in the education system. Because anybody that knows anything about the West Indies, in many parts of the country, they have some elite schools. Jamaica even has an elite school that is um, then they're comparable with Ivy League education because of the connection to um, the the their, their connection to Britain. And our, our West Indian brothers and sisters who are in Canada and in um, and in the UK share the same spirit. So it's all it's a cultural thing. But here here in New York, if you if you go and you venture in like you really in Flatbush, you'll see that the parade fuels finances. It's it's deep it's super deep in culture. You know, stores stores thrive and many of them make so much money during the parade that the people would not you know, and it makes money for the city as well. If, and one thing I notice about, you know, anything that the 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 man the man, quote unquote, can shut down, he will shut it down. You heard? He will shut it because. But this is about money and it's about politics. And the um the the the, the region that encompasses Flatbush and the people who enjoy the festivities. See, a lot of people when you come to the West Indian Day Parade. It depends where you at for juvie. Because where I was at, uh, I was around the 40s. You heard? In the 40s in, like, Rutland, around there. And it was popping. Serious. I don't know about what they was doing on Franklin and Eastern Parkway by where all the pilgrims is at, where Beyonce little sister live over there in the beginning of of, um, Eastern Parkway. You know, it's different. Mm. You feel? It's a different experience financially. Like the block on St. John's and Underhill, that block, yo, God bless my man Cleveland. My man Cleveland used to live in this building over there. We used to call Castle Grayskull. Cleveland used to have to come downstairs every morning with two big buckets with the Johnny pump, with the wrench to take the, the water out the Johnny pump take it back upstairs, his mom's in them boiling water so they could bathe and cook in it. You heard? It was crazy over there. You feel me? And, and you know, because of, you know, the uh, gentrification, it changed. So now it's barriers out there. So, you know, it's police was like, <clears throat> they was like, like they looked like they took a training for the West Indian Day Parade just to in, in, officiate it. Yeah, but it will never die, brother. They get so much money on overtime. The police alone get money on overtime and all that. But it just changes, you know. But if you really want to get it popping, you got to get deeper in the bush, you know, as a festivity for people who come to visit Brooklyn. Like, if you ain't got no family on Eastern Parkway over there, you you over there mobbing with them, you know, it's it'll make you think that it's depreciating. It's just changing, that's all. But people have no idea what the parade was like in 82, my dude. 82, 
it was off the chain. You hear me? I don't think people was even built for They ain't not even built. They don't even make those type of Negroes no more. You heard? That could even be in New York in 82, 83, 84. You know what I'm saying? I mean... The festivities in New York is off the chain. When I, when I was little, I seen Diana Ross fill up the whole Central Park two days in a row. You heard? Mm. That was off the chain. That's old New York. They can't pull that off no more. You know, and I, and I was in the New York where they could never have the VMAs with rappers with jewelry at the VMAs. It would have been... Every gangster in the whole Brooklyn, were, and people in Brooklyn is not exaggerating about their gangster. I was here. You hear me? It, it mm-hmm. was serious, man. It was serious. So it just changed. But, it, and, you know, some people say that they like the old New York when people was getting hands put on them. You know, that's cool to sound like you tough like that. But people, after you have kids and children, and you don't want your children out there in them streets like that, it's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of better that things have changed for the better. But the West Indian and closing the West Indian brothers and sisters in Brooklyn ain't having that. That will never happen. They will never stop the parade. Never. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. I mm-hmm. respect. And I wasn't born. I was that early age, but like I I came around, so you know. So I wouldn't know because you know I'm an age baby, so you know, I wouldn't know till. <laughs> but you know when I first went to to the New York. Parade, and that was only a few years ago. It is, I, I understand it's, it's so totally different. It's just a nice feeling, just a few years back still. And, you know, I, at times, you know, I was with, with family, and, you know, with family, she, she didn't want to venture off in certain areas because, you know, at times she's not, she, you know, she's been there for most of her life, so, you know, she knows the, the how the atmosphere changed, you know what I'm saying, in regards to violence. So, you know, she, it kind of scared a little bit. Yeah, That's why I kinda Yo, my, first, my first homeboy ever. My man Ricky, he was straight up with it. Ricky came here in like '85. His mother brought him here in '85. They right from yard. You hear me? From serious Jamaica, for real. You hear me? And Ricky, I seen him at the parade, and that was the highlight for my parade. My first Jamaican homeboy who was little. <laughs> <laughs> That's my man, yo. Ricky now, was up to call some special connections. You know, I know that. Yeah, them parades, man. Every one of them parades hold all sorts of memories. You know what I'm saying? Especially for really? Brooklyn native. Yeah, that parade is sacred, man. The park is sacred. You know what I'm saying? And I was eating jerk chicken. Huh? How about it? Ha ha. Yeah. You once you put jerk, once they jerk the chicken, it's not bad no more. You heard? Yeah, definitely is not. <laughs> With the white bread, they had the hard white bread. If you ain't had the, the hard bread, the hard bread, the hard bread, the hard yeah. bread. You know, hard bread. I was, you ain't had no jerk if you ain't had the bread. But look, yeah, I, was, I was repping, I was repping Guyana this year because I've been to Guyana and I was with my little homie. Who family live up there, and they all Guyanese. So, in the spirit of Guyana, and the and the and the funny thing is, people was coming up to me who ain't never seen me with no flag. It was like, I didn't know you was Guyanese, Bada. Yeah, and I was fronting. So I was I was Guyanese. Yeah, for the for the West Indian people and them. But 
All through the summer, fucking the bumps, no air conditions. <laughs> Shout out to the viewers, fucking bums this summer without no air conditioners. <laughs> Feeling yourself. Oh, real talk is on a comeback, baby. <laughs> Real talk is back. Oh, shit. But I definitely want to shout you out for bringing forth that monumental lecture tonight. You know what I'm saying? Definitely laying the carpet, uh, tiling the floors. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, big bro. Thank you for for, for your dedication, man. Having having the, having the heart and the fortitude and dexterity to do it this long, many people can't do nothing. Three days in a row, you doing this years in a row. People can't do nothing three days in a row. You doing it years in a row, and that's honorable. You heard? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but let me make the move. I got you know things I got to deal with on the back end out here. All right. Shout out to the family. Thank you for joining us tonight. You could have been anywhere, but you chose to rock out with the best. You know what I mean? For the family, they recognize the opportunity when they see and hear one. Follow up with the brother. You know what I'm saying? Get some of them elex, them electronic lectures. You know? All right. I'll get them today. Check out Delva's, uh teleconference tomorrow. Rock out, you know what I'm saying, with, with, with the doc. Feel me? And um, we'll see you back here Tuesday. Same bad time, same bad channel. I'm going to be watching that fight. Please do not call me. You know what I'm saying? Asking me who to put your bet on. I gave you the information. I laid the game out. You already know what it is. All right? 44.
Voluntary on a bed, they striking niggas like a scared Contrary how I live, my life is like a bed Shot in 60 frames a second, panoramic Paranormal portals open through the heavens The lineage of legends like the levy that the heaviest of hearts couldn't severance All black pack, no slacks or sleeves though Mephisto in a peacoat Converting her gas to lungs that can breathe dope The choke on the compression's like a lesson from the GOAT you see the pop of it, I see a saw on top of it They making rocket ships, I'm making shipments and I'm rocking it Yeah, that's compliments of my ability to create The guy can eat off his own plate and be straight Yeah, that's my innate gift from the one I shift with the sun, move moons with my tongue Now they sprung Freedom pull the gun out, shorty got a buzz out Time is finna run out, get it while the sun out Whip him in the head, cush I dread Ten buck two niggas a superstar in his face When I die, transform to a shooting star in his face Traveling off orbit, following the sun causes Picking up resources to create a left for all us Them pretty women, they just want it in the courses Cause we young, black with knowledge, but it's much more to us I tell her, be a queen, be anything far in the between Baby, make reality out of your dreams My son give me life, so I named him Sunrock Cause he brought me back from the dead like Mumrock no mummy though, but it's a rap If you don't understand it, watch an episode of Thundercats Lyrical exercise, man, my flow be doing jumping jacks Every bar precise is Mayweather on a punching bag <laughs> This rap shit scary to me Cause I looked up to the legends who no longer legendary to me Now they whack as fuck, they deserve a cemetery to me One thought they was hot, now they cold as February to me <laughs> I stopped looking up to rappers when I came across the work of the Malik El Shabazz's Made a transition like Ali did from Cassius But I am no Muslim, no Buddhist or Catholic Just an illuminated being in tune with his blackness Illuminated being in tune with his blackness <laughs> Anthem on the track Yeah Anthem, you a legend Yeah You said you was nice so. Yeah I'm very Life is my enemy, art is the recipe Come take a trip with me, lubricate a mystery Tell them how it feel to be, mounted on my mystery Scorpio's a centipede, death is a frenemy Life is my enemy, art is the recipe Come take a trip with me, lubricate a mystery Tell them how it feel to be, mounted on a mystery Scorpio's a centipede, circle round the sevenths Primes when we pound up, dead killer pain Brooklyn burned the town up, Nets got the terminals New generations of cookies that'll murder you Fat souls with burners too, pat packs with gats that Scream when you squeeze them, damn niggas trifling Hating on my meaning, hating on a legend Nigga cop a seven, ignorance is heaven They dubbing you to death, bootlegging for less Tell them how the Africans took over the West Taught them how to dress, cleaning up they mess Gucci for less, polo for less, Louis for less, boosters was best, charge it to the game, nigga, African Express, streets is a mess, well-dressed death, wakes never fake, snakes kill rats, 
cats kill snakes, church on no string, crimes on gates, murders on Marcy, big homie Coney, little nigga army, death is a friend of me, life is my enemy, art is the recipe, come take a trip with me, lubricate a mystery, tell them how it feel to be, mounted on my mystery, Scorpio's a centipede, death is a friend of me, life is my enemy, art is the recipe, come take a trip with me, lubricate a mystery, tell them how it feel to be, mounted on my mystery, Scorpio's a centipede, three five sevens, mounds all around us, seen this shit coming, oracles around us, saying what I'm seeing, I'm changing up the scene, validating queens, let her know she mean, and she look clean, but guess what she said, just the other day, if gossiping was body, all of y'all is gay, games never play, Students of the master, flow, flow faster, I dare you to say this, hot 97 nigga, dare you to play this, Bobby's and Valentine's, Booker T and Coleman's, thick pretty pilgrims, pioneer movements, death is a friend of me, life is my enemy, art is the recipe, come take a trip with me, lubricate a mystery, tell them how it feel to be, mounted on the mystery, Scorpios and centipedes, rolling up the equal, come and peace the sequel, it's the God Hour, leaning on this beat. Let's build a tower. The real Kush is African, the Reggie for them cowards. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.